Thanks for downloading the Sun Ranto Show for early and ad-free access to the Sun Ranto Show, including a ton of great perks and our Discord server. Please subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto for as little as a dollar a month. There are free trial memberships available. Patreon.com slash sunranto. Don't make me tell you again. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We shed a million tears and drank as many old stuff years out at the game. Let's go, Covey Sunranto. Sunranto. Sunranto and the love of a loser. Sunranto. Sunranto. Sunranto and the love of a loser. Sunranto. <laughs> He's. T- <laughs> it's it, it's such a shame that he disappears in the middle of it because uh, t- for whatever reason these days and it and it did happen on the recording of our podcast for the podcast listeners your voice goes away. Because the the entire system, this entire StreamYard system is like, we don't want to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. We're cutting it out. And it's like, so. Uh, uh. It's just quietly. You're just watching me quietly turn red. Pretty like, much. Yeah. Let me try this. Let me try this. I don't know. It's still annoying, but I just changed your sound setting, so maybe it'll be it was automatically adjusting you, so it was saying, Boo! That's too loud for my little computer AI ears. Uh Bill Suga says, Cotton's mic says, Oh, hells no. Um Hi, welcome to the Sun Ranto Show. We're here to bring you all the exciting winter meetings news. Oh, it was so just so so much excitement. Riveting. Uh that's in Field Fly Girl. We just heard uh, hi, IFG. How are you? Uh, I, I'm good. Um, I drinking Pepsi, huh? I, yeah, I had I had uh, some lovely beers picked out for you know whether we signed Shohei or if we didn't sign Shohei. And the way that these winter meetings have gone, I I showed up today with some caffeine free diet Pepsi because it's literally nothing. That's Exactly. I'm gonna mix it with some some grapefruit soju because I hate myself. Only if it was caffeine free diet crystal Pepsi would you really have? (laughs) It's it's giving me that that just that slight brown tint, you know. Well, I am rocking the Linen Kugels today. Linen Kugels Red Lager. Used to drink that in college. It's a kind of a college beer. I like kind of a college beer. I like a red, like, I like red ales, but then I had this and I'm like, oh, actually, I like red lagers better than ales. You just, they're not, you don't find red lagers very often. So I'm glad that Liney's somehow brought this back if it wasn't always here and I just couldn't find it. Well, they just always change the can and tell you it's something new. Um, it, I've I've got my yerba mate tea here, uh, drinking it out of my Cubsy mug here, and um, I'm excited about tonight. Even though nothing happened with the 
the winter meetings and stuff. But uh, I'm glad are- to see Jeff Berta here in the comments is already like, I still believe you'll need the Otani to the Cubs beers. <laughs> and honestly, Jeff, like your lips to the ears of any God I'm still in good favor with. Yeah, I, I mean, we're still in. I mean, you know, basically all the bloggers and writers this week have just been writing stories that say Cubs still in on Otani. Cubs seem to seem to be pivoting from Otani. Wait, they're still in on Otani. Wait, Bob Nightingale's an idiot. Oh, wait, Bob Nightingale might be onto something. Oh, wait, you know, I mean, it's just like the churn. It's to, exhausting. To the ads. And, and you know, we'd all surf it, you know. I just kind of kept my cool because it, it just didn't. At some point, you kind of feel like the entire the entire market was frozen because of Otani. And so just nothing could happen. And because it's such a big deal that some one team is going to spend like a shit ton of money and that's going to change what else they can do. You know, if the Cubs get Otani, they're not going to get it. But we'll talk about it in a second. I want to say that the Sun Ranto is brought to you by the Bleacher Bunch Productions on the Fans First Network and all the great shows we have, including Cup of Cubby Blue and the Cubs PS Plus podcast, which sponsors this very show. If you would, go leave us a five-star review on whatever podcatcher you listen to the Sun Ranto show on uh, the Bleacher Bunch, any of our shows. Talk about us all. Throw us love, five stars, get it, get it going, getting it in other people's feeds. The show's or if you hate us, say all the bad things, but still give us five stars. But five say stars it, and then bitch. But say it all about a Cardinals podcast. All the th- <laughs> bad things about us, write it on their podcast review. Uh, Viva Bert Albertos or something like that. Um, this show is also brought to you by our 110 Patreon supporters and our super duper ranters uh, at Blake Beard's Tickets for an amazing pair of tickets down the third baseline. And Lawrence at Rogue Wave Creative for all your branding and graphic design needs. And I already mentioned the Cubs PS Plus podcast. Um, I I do want to say uh, Bernie Barron asked me, how do I gift somebody a Patreon membership? to uh, the Sun Rancho Patreon camp- campaign at sunrancho.com slash Patreon. And the answer is, you cannot. You cannot <laughs> just send them a Patreon membership for a year. But what you could do is, let's say you want to subscribe them up at uh, five bucks a month or something like that. You could just give them 60 bucks and say, this is for that. And, the, and then send them the link. Say, I want you to be a part of the Patreon. We're over on the Discord hanging out. We're over, we're, uh, you know, we get the show early ad free. We get uh, special perks like the Rancher calendar and all the Cubs music and stuff. So, you know, if you want to do I, it, you just do it that way. I, I thought it was something like, now granted, you can't like actually give a, like a gift, but it's kind of like when you sign up your friends' email addresses. For all the dumb shit at the fair, you know, you're going around, they want an email address. And so, uh, you just put your friend's email address in there. That's all you do. You just sign up You put their email address in, you pay for it. And then you tell them, Oh, this is your, this that is you your did. password. <laughs> yeah. Here's your password. Here's Rubber duck. Hey. I signed you up for this thing. Gmail email addresses are free. Just do my friend's name, Sunranto Patreon at gmail.com and just give them the login information. It's fine. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or or just, you know, like I say, uh, along with the Sunranto show, sign them up for a bunch of spam. 
Yeah. If for for the people you don't like that much, actually, they might be giving the Sunranto show to their enemies, um, <laughs> just because we're that kind of show. So um, hashtag chance in the chat. You can win a Frank Pan- Chance postcard sent to you by me with a message of love and or doom. And we're getting down to it. There's only four more chance postcards to give out before we give the grand prize, which is full of all sorts of baseball cards and stuff like that. And we're also giving away tonight the Amazon prize of the month. And I've got a bunch of these cute little Cubs thermoses. And one of them will be There's given away there. to the corresponding item that was purchased through our links at sunranto.com slash stuff. Um, oh, ro- Rogueway. Oh, yeah, you were just putting that on there, too. Let me do it. We're having a comment war. what just happened. You know when you're sitting in the car? <laughs> and, and you're trying to unlock the door, but the person door, on the outside is trying to open the door at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what happened. Um <laughs> So, yeah, Rogue Wave Creative uh, in the chat here. I signed up a friend, and they got it in their Gmail. Done. Thank you. There's also, by the way, there are also free trials available. So if you just want to try it out and see if you like hanging out over in the Discord, do it that way. But uh, the reason I'm excited about tonight is not only we're going to do the Rancher Carols, we're going to talk about all the incredible moves the Cubs made um, (laughs) at the winter meetings. Just a plethora. It's a new team. It's a brand new team. I just love the idea that we we talked about this. We're like, the winter meetings end on Thursday. We can't go on Wednesday. Yeah. If we do, all the stuff will happen on Thursday. And then so we pushed it and nothing happened. I think maybe we jinxed it. Had we had a show last night, the Cubs would have Otani today. Well, how about people like did you see like uh Cody Del Mendo and the Chuggo crew? They were all there. Just doing the, they were doing like two podcasts a day. They're in the hall, like hanging out with Rosenthal, just trying to figure out anything. They just, they just basically went all the way there to have the same podcast we're going to have tonight, which is the Cubs did nothing. They just did it a little closer to Jed Hoyer and his lack of doing nothing. Jed Hoyer wasn't even there. Chuggo was there and Jed Hoyer wasn't there. All the Cubs bloggers hung, hanging out. Uh, John Boy was there. Uh, I think um, that I heard on Ian Happ's podcast that they sent a delegation. So all these dudes are there. Jed Hoyer couldn't be bothered. Um, but anyway, the, the other reason why I'm excited is because our friend Joe Kilgallen, who's uh, been on the show many a time, very funny comedian, and he just uh, released a brand new comedy special which I had the pleasure of watching just the other day. It's freaking brand new and it's awesome. And so I just uh, want to invite him on here to talk a little bit about it. So, and talk Cubs because he's a huge Cubs fan. So here he is fresh from sitting in traffic. It's Joe Kilgallen. Hey, what's up? Danny Rocket. I have G cotton. How you guys doing? Good, man. How are you? Uh, I've been constipated. I'm being honest with you. So. Actually, I, I feel like we you, all have a lot of stuff built up that we really wish would just get released all of a sudden. You know, honestly, finally. you've been stuck right? in traffic. It's great to be constipated versus the other way around. So <laughs> you're like, well, at least I'm not going to shit myself. <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to count your blessings. Right? So, <laughs> well, it's, it. it's it's all that like Christmas nugget candy that's just hanging out in candy bowls all over the place. You just grab a little bit of nugget and you're like, oh, you know, nugget, you know, that just sits in there till really Valentine's Day pretty much. Yeah. I mean, just the sound of it tells you it's going to sit there, right? <laughs> it sounds perfect. 
Yeah. So uh, you got a new comedy special, and I I did watch it the other day. It's very funny, man. And uh, tell me about like how that all came about, and um, you know what you're trying to do with it, and is it like, and where can we watch it and stuff? Sure, sure. Uh, well, you could watch it. I put it right there for my name. Um, it's a new comedy platform called Punch Up. So uh, yeah, Punch Up dot live, and then slash Joe hyphen Kilgallen. It takes you right to the special. And then it's got like my tour dates on there too. Like, you know, I'm doing some traveling in the next couple months. So hopefully I'll be in a town near you. Uh, the special I heard you're, you're playing Arlington Heights tomorrow. I am. I'm playing your hometown. How about yeah. it? I'm from the yeah. the AH Action Heights, we called it back in the day. Did you really? <laughs> no, we didn't. That came later when millennials made cool shit up. You know, we never called it anything. We just thought it sucked. <laughs> you know, yeah, we were mom. basically Beavis <laughs> and Butthead trying not to get hit by commuter trades is basically what Arlington Heights was like back then. Now they're big time. Got the oh, yeah, Bears. They're, they're going to get thrown NFL team soon enough, it sounds Amazing. like. So, um, yeah, it uh, it came about, it was filmed in Brooklyn, New York a year ago, a little over a year ago. It was uh, fall of 2022. Uh, it took a while, it took over almost, over, yeah, a little over a year for it to finally come out. A lot of that had to do with... Um, well, the guy who directed it, who's a friend of mine, he he does a great job, but he ended up kind of becoming like a famous director shortly after he filmed mine. Uh, he filmed Sam Morrell's Netflix special. He filmed Mark Norman's Netflix special. Gary Goldman has a special coming out on Max. He filmed those, a guy named James Webb. So he got kind of like, and I, I understand that, you know, people get a little busy. So that, that added a little bit of time, not much though. And then there was the whole writers and actors strike. And I was going back and forth with my manager where it's like, I know writing is different. Like the writing standup is different than like WGA script style writing. So there were, you know, everyone was telling me you could still sell it during um, the strike. I thought it might look bad, but then anyway, I got like an offer too. I didn't love the offers. Um, this website came around and I love what they're doing. And they got some great comedians on there, like fellow Cubs fan, Roy Wood Jr. You can cool. watch his stuff oh. on there. He's a great guy. Um, so yeah, so I decided to launch it there, but, uh, I'm going to share the link in the chat right now, actually, so that everybody you. can, can jam on it. Um, yeah, I, I watched it last night. It's called good grief. Um, yes, good grief. Why, why'd you call it that? So, uh, I was working Big Charlie Brown fan, I, I love <laughs> Charlie say, Brown. Chicago sports fan. Charlie Brown is exactly what that is. Yeah. I mean, I could have gone a lot of ways with that title. I, I like the title. Uh, so in 2021, I was kind of putting this material together, and a lot of it was kind of based off my hot-headed ways, my confrontational ways. But then early in 2022, uh, sadly, my father passed away suddenly. Um, my dad and I were extremely close. Uh, he's the reason I'm a huge Cubs fan, so he's to blame. Uh, but um, <laughs> So uh, it kind of changed what I wanted to do with the hour, uh, with the special. So the last, like, eight minutes or so, I kind of share some stories about my dad and I like, you know, kind of pay tribute to him. So that's where I was kind of like, ah, you know, it's good and it's grief. And I kind of put together and good grief's got a lot of different meanings. I like two word titles for things. So I thought that was kind of cool. It it was Um, hilarious at the end of it when you were talking about uh, when you, your dad hated like the special episode, like the special Roseanne where they talk about eating disorders or whatever. It's like, God damn it. Just be funny. (laughs) <laughs> couldn't stand those episodes like home improvement would do that the roseanne did it a lot there's a lot of sitcoms because i talk when i started talking about my dad dying a few people kind of laughed because they thought oh no shit he's being serious and then i told them no no you guys could laugh i want you to laugh that's the point of this this isn't going to be like and then i use the roseanne because i felt like every other episode of roseanne, roseanne's first four years was good as a sitcom the last three years it was like 
Dan lost his job. He had a heart attack. Jackie got beat up by her boyfriend. It was like, this is a drama now. It's not a sitcom. So a lot of sitcoms were like that in the eighties. Like you, you remember all this like funny stuff. Like you're a kid, you're watching these shows and stuff. And then you go back and you watch and you're like, these were just after school specials that started at 7 PM. Yeah. basically. <laughs> I, I'm a little older, but did you watch different strokes ever? That oh, yeah. show with oh, Gary Coleman. There was one where like the one kid got molested in the bike shop. And I'm yeah. like, uh, I mean, it's as good. A, and I, as a lifelong fan of stand-up comedy who has seen over the years, a lot of my favorite comedians, um, change their target audience i'm really intrigued by the name of this platform and i would love to hear more about what they're doing oh so um the here's what's really cool about the platform so it was started by a friend of mine named steve Byrne, and two i I met the other main guy he's like the main main guy the other guy i have not met um but the main guy was um he worked in tech he was a tech guy and i actually just went over his linkedin it's some pretty impressive uh um, like it's an impressive resume. Like even out of college, he was uh, like interning for some senators and, uh, you know, some stuff like that. I'm like, Oh, this guy seems pretty cool. But no, um, nobody knows comedy like tech dudes that worked for senators. Oh, totally. yeah. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. They, they got their fingers on the pulse. Those guys. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know how well he knows comedy per se, but his thought process behind this platform was all the other platforms like if my special ends up on, I don't know, Amazon Prime, I don't know who watched the special. I don't get that data. So I don't know anything about it. But with Punch Up, that's really cool is it's kind of like fan. To, it's like from artist to fan direct service. It cuts out the middleman. So like Danny, when you went to watch the special, it asked you for your email, but no spam. It just t- it's only going to email you if I'm in your town. And, um, you know, if I'm dropping another special, it'll be like, hey, heads up. He's got a new thing coming out. Yeah, it was super easy. I put my email. I had to scan my driver's license. I had to give my credit card number. And they wanted my birth certificate, my mom's maiden name, and uh, my password from my bank account. But that was it. Then that was the year you lost your virginity. Which (laughs) oh, so so it's two thousand twenty-five. I heard. But yeah, so uh, to answer the question about like punch up, I think. I don't know if it's a dual meaning. Most of the comedians they have on there, I think wouldn't fit the category of punching down. So I haven't seen any of that. There's only about 12 or 13 of us on there. If you go on the website uh, right now, punch up dot live on the main thing, they show you all the comedians they have on there. Um, and I, some of them I know, some of them I don't know, but I'm looking forward to checking them out. But the whole idea is just like going direct from the comedian to the fan. Um, so it is kind of cool though. I got like the, you know, it's only been up for three days or something now. But I was able to get like the first. I was able to check like the numbers and stuff, and I'm like, someone, someone in Japan watched it. What? Oh, cool. I, I got a fan of Japan. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, it's Seiya like, Suzuki. Maybe it's Seiya. It might be. Um. So yeah. So you and get now like, you that information. Email address. Jed Hoyer is in there trying to trying to riz up Yamamoto. <laughs> yeah. Watching the Joe Kilgallen special in his hotel room. You know what? That would make me very, uh, I'd be very high on Jet if we found out the reason he hasn't been around much or isn't active. It's because he's been in Japan. If he's learning sushi, he's learning to speak the language. He wants yeah. to you know, immerse himself in the Japanese culture. Because I don't know if you guys remember this. Remember when the Yankees had that pitcher, uh, Tanaka? Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And the Cubs were kind of in the conversation for him. 
And I remember that I thought it was overblown, but some people said what hurts Chicago is Chicago doesn't really have a strong Japanese neighborhood. You know, we obviously have actually Japanese been trying to Danny himself has been trying to combat that idea. Uh, where, where's our, where's the Chicago Japanese neighborhood, Danny, you, you, you well, the, the suburbs, like, you know, I had my my uh, friends uh, that were my mom's friends, actually, if it went from when she taught English at the library. This guy, Tatsuya, who I gave him his first shot of Malort, uh, which went great. <laughs> but uh, it, he uh, they lived out. It, he works for a Japanese company. And there is out in the suburbs, not only uh, a lot of Japanese people, but because there's lots of Japanese companies that are stationed in Chicago. So there is. But it's not in Chicago. And of course, um, a lot of Japanese after the, you know, tragedy of relocation, um, in the, in the internment camps in World War II, uh, a lot of them were moved into very specific neighborhoods in Chicago. That, and then that's why Nisei Lounge, uh, is still there. That's like a holdover of not the, one of the original internment neighborhoods, but somewhere that a lot of people moved after they were freed from the neighborhoods where they were still basically interned, but free, um, in Chicago. And then they were like, Hey, right, we got to get out of here. And they moved by Wrigley. And that's what Nisei Lounge is a holdover of that time. Um, so there are a pockets, but it's not, it's not San Francisco. It's, you know, it's not anywhere on the West Coast. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it's not going to be like. And every time we contact one of these Japanese baseball players and we show them Nisei Lounge, they don't, they don't go to the Cubs. I don't understand why exactly, <laughs> but they just have decided, no, that's not going to be our thing. Nisei had a tough week. <laughs> We're going to talk about that a little bit in a little you know, bit. The more but- thing, I'd love to weigh in on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was. I just thought it would be funny if Jed was actually doing that, trying to create more of a little Japan in Chicago. By the way, Danny, that I did not know any of that history. And I'm a history buff, so thank you for that. I, I'm going to go on a... A deep dive into. That. I completely I made it up. So, uh, it's on a whole cloth on this show. No, I, no, it really, it that's really what it was. There was there was something um, that there's something that it's the Nisei Lounge neighborhood by Wrigleyville is not the original place where they were put after internment, it's, but it was the second place that they fled to after that. So, interesting. Yeah, as soon as you get History. out of an internment camp, the place you go to is Wrigleyville if you can. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I did. Cubs teams, those mid forties Cubs teams, the nineteen forty five Cubs, of course. Yeah, we didn't want to be around that. Yeah, they're like, let's go to the last place that won the World Series or was in the World Series. <laughs> they didn't win that one. Um, Pretty much. So yeah, it's. Um, but let's talk about Otani, can we? A little bit because he's still not signed, and um, you know, the Cubs are rumored in, rumored out, rumored in, rumored out. We, at least we're on the short list. That's all I could say. At least we're. At least we're in the, making the finals of the Bachelorette, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> Who will get the rose? I don't know. Like, that's how they should do it. All the the dudes should line up. All the general managers and Otani comes out with a rose and hands them. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> they kiss. Yeah. Major League um, Baseball is definitely missing a, a great opportunity here because it doesn't need to be the way like LeBron did his decision where it felt like it was in poor taste especially since he was from Cleveland. This is a little bit different with Shohei. And he doesn't need to quite do it like that, but it definitely should be like a press conference type thing. It should be – they should definitely magnify it because all eyes are on this. Do it like the Japanese draft where you have all the guys lined up and every one of them gets an envelope and they all open the envelope and the winner has his name in the envelope. I love that. (gasps) We got him! 
Oh God, it would. Be oh, fun. that's awesome. That's great. Yeah, yeah, we should do that. Now yeah. I want to watch a Japanese baseball draft. Yeah, well, because it's so much fun to see people get excited. I mean, I mean, children basically for the last twenty years have been going on YouTube watching kids open presents. You know, yeah. like you know, everybody loves it. So now those kids are turning twenty-one soon. You know what I mean? They're going to want to see some people opening things on on regular TV. They're just going to they're going to need it. In fact, I it's like want a security blanket. Otani to unbox uh and, and not like real money but like money that just unbox what 500 million would look like <laughs> you know just like <laughs> be funny just, just like fake money but he like opens up all these boxes and then you see like I want somebody like, to just back up a literal truck full <laughs> of of beep, beep. Given the Scrooge McDuck moment, you know? Um, yeah, and so he's not the only Japanese player, but it, everybody's going nuts. Like, you have Hoyer and Nightingale getting into it about it uh, because mm-hmm. Nightingale's saying they're out, and Hoyer's like, well, you're not out. And How he's dare like, well, I'm not you? talking about. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, everybody's going, you know, oh, he's going to the Dodgers, he's going to the Blue Jays. A, was Dempster kidding about that secret team? Did you see the yeah, Dempster secret team? Yeah, he was kidding. Oh There's always a secret team that shows up. Yeah, that was – he was kidding about that because usually there is the, – that's always a thing. There's the three obvious choices whenever there's a big free agent. And the three obvious choices are usually the teams with the most money and a need for that position, you know? So that's why it's kind of limited. And then there's always that dark horse sleeper team where no one knows about. Kind of The Cubs kind of became that with Swanson last year. You know, we all thought it was going to be one of the big shortstops, and if we didn't get one of them, then it would slide back. And then, you know, Swanson ended up having an awesome year. Um, well, offensively, he could have been a little bit better, but he was still very good. Uh, with Shohei, though, uh, IFG, I just heard you say the most boring possible outcome is LA. I would agree because it's the most, it feels like the most predictable. It feels like everyone thought that. The Dodgers it's had a big just- payroll gap this year. Like they finally got rid of a couple bad contracts, they don't have to pay that piece of shit Bauer anymore. So there's a few, some money rolled off. It's just the place where like formerly beloved franchise face players go to toil in obscurity on a team that's going to choke every single year. It's, it, it is the most velvet revolver ass team on earth. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why it's appealing to him though. If we're going to see the flip side of it, right? I agree with you. I don't want him to go there. Of course, I want, I want him to wear this color blue, cubby blue. But he gets to bat in between Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, play for a franchise that will always try to win every single season. And they got some really good sushi in LA. Like such good sushi. Well, um, I don't know why I'm assuming Japanese people only eat sushi. You know what I mean? They'd be like, oh, kill gallon, you gotta sign with Boston, they got great potatoes. But <laughs> uh <laughs> <the> thought. <laughs> Chicago's got decent sushi. I mean, at this, at this point, it's not like it's not like all the fish is just like coming in out of the L.A. freaking ocean right there. You wouldn't want that fish anyway. It's got like freaking syringes and bandanas and diapers in it. Um, <laughs> the the uh, I don't know why bandanas. I did, <laughs> but syringes, bandanas, and diapers. You know, the freaking uh, just rolled up in seaweed. It's like um, a of a fish. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, no, they've got plenty of good, great sushi places here, but it's it's not even about that. It's it. I think it's more about like the fact that there would be more culture, and I know that Yamamoto, who's another Japanese player that we all want to get, um, 
because he's basically the best player in Japan. Um, he said he wants to maybe go to a team, and we don't know if this is true or anything, um, but that already has a Japanese player. And I was slightly dreaming on the fact that we could just completely become a, like the Japanese Mecca. And Absolutely. all of a sudden, we got Otani, we got Yamamoto, you already got Seiya, and uh, and as much as I would love that, like w- it would be weird for Chicago to have that because that's just not. You can see the Giants doing it. You know I, what I mean? They have a large Asian. I think it would be very Seattle. cool for them to do it. It'd be awesome. I want us to do it. I just said it would be really surprising for us to do that. Okay, surprising, yes. Yeah. Sure, but if you consider, like, which team has the most, like, room to gain as far as popularity overseas, like, if you go to Japan, there's already San Francisco Giants crap everywhere because the Yomiuri Giants is practically the same thing, and people, like, and... You've got, you know, Seattle stuff over there a lot because of Ichiro. You've got Dodger stuff over there because of past players. You got Yankee stuff over there because of past players. You don't see a whole lot of Chicago stuff. Like yeah. if if, break, the, if you wanted market. to if you wanted to plant the name of the Chicago Cubs in Japan, that was a good time to do it. You do that by signing the two best potential Japanese players of all time. I mean I I mean like like Look at this guy. Look at this guy, Yamamoto, right? I, I got him here. This was put up by uh, Yaku Cosmopolitan, a good friend of mine on Twitter. And they're like, look, Yoshinobu Yamamoto's achievements before his 26th birthday. He's got the ERA title four times, the strikeout title four times, three MVPs, three Sawamura Awards. That's the Japanese version of the Cy Young. Uh, three Best Nine Awards. That's like the all-NPB, all-star team kind of thing at the end of the year. Um The three gold gloves, three pennants. He won the Japan series. He was a world baseball classic champion, premier 12 champion, an Olympic gold medalist. And of course, he's won the triple crown three times. He's not 26 years old yet. Wow. The day he was born, Sammy Sosa hit his 47th home run in 1998. Yeah. I feel really old now. And I'm. Fuck this guy for making me feel this way. I don't want him now. Forget it. <laughs> what have you been doing with your life? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and how many teams are in on him, though? A lot more than even Otani, probably. It should be all 30, but we all know there's cheap bastard teams that are rebuilding and not trying to win and all the other stuff. What kills me about the rebuilding teams, and we were like this for stretches, um, although the first rebuild made sense. We had to strip that down to the studs, where they'll say, we're not ready to compete. Therefore, we're not going to spend money on a good player. Where I'm like, all right, you're just telling your franchise, your fans that you're, you're going to be a while, right? Um, as far as like, I was going to ask you guys this question. Um, IFG, I know you're a big fan of Japanese baseball. Do you know the reverse? What time do Dodgers and Giants games air time zone wise in Japan? Is it on in a convenient time where they're naturally more inclined? Because it's got to be more than just like, oh, the West Coast of Japan is. Or the West Coast of America is just closer to Japan. Yeah, we're about sixteen hours different. It's okay. like it's never a good time. I think even even. But but like the the Danny's not a marketer. It's never a good time for baseball. Okay, so that really wouldn't matter. Right um, now, it's real quick, everybody. 32. I don't mean to cut you off. Um, yeah. This will probably be um, uh, San Ranto first, but I need to step away. 
because all the fiber I took earlier to combat my my constipation. <laughs> It, oh, it's, it, it's, I, I might have diarrhea on your podcast live if I don't run. I'm going to be quick. It's probably. It's probably not a back. first either. Well, but it's definitely not a first. Not a first. Danny, to I'm planning on coming back. But you guys have all had to run off at one point to commit a sin in your bathroom because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go sin in just, there. Just <laughs> don't, don't. Just don't do a Frank Drebin. <laughs> we'll, we'll give you we'll give you a fighting yeah exactly he still he still got it we'll give him a fighting chance we'll take a commercial break here and we'll be right back um subscribe to our patreon <laughs> patreon.com slash sunranda for more of all over chicagoland there are thirsty frazzled overworked cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog eat dog world of unpaid content creation but it doesn't have to be this way you can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com slash sunranto, where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just one dollar a month can buy a scorecard. Five dollars a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And ten dollars a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But super ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show, delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts. Plus, eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a super ranter today. We're kind of back. Uh, Joe Kilgallen is not back yet. Oh, and I forgot to put my hat back on. <laughs> it, it's digging into my ears because I have the headphones on over the hat. And it's just like... It, I have to like keep it on top of my head because it just digs into it. By the end of like two hours, it's like rubbed raw. Like, why do my ears hurt? I'm like, oh yeah, headphones and hat. They don't, they don't Make mix. The headphones a little looser, man. Yeah, what I need no. is like, I I need those like uh, Billie Eilish headphones. You know, like the ones that are big. You know, that so I look cool and I'm listening to my own music. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm great. You know, I'm a superstar. Um. Well, let's get back into talking about because, you know, I thought it was interesting. I was listening to the Fly the W podcast, which is uh, Crawley's turncoat ass show. And uh, he <laughs> <laughs> he, he actually texted me a pretty great uh, graphic that he made for the Fly the W. So I'm, I'm going to put it up. Uh, he already got Soto off the list. He scratched it off uh, when he said it to us this morning. But you got the top tier. uh Top tier free agents, top tier trade targets, tier two free agents, tier two trade targets, and then tier three of both of those things. And it really feels like we might be picking, you know, it kind of reminds me of like when you go 
to um, you know, one of those restaurants where you're like, pick one thing off menu one and pick two things off menu two and one thing off menu three. And that's your meal, but you can't get two things from menu two. Like it it just feels like we're at one of those restaurants where I'm not going to exactly get what I want because they don't serve it the way I want it. And because what we want, is the top two free agents. Otani Yam- Yamamoto. Hell, I'll take Snell that he's got on this list too. Right. I mean, great. If, as long as we get the first two, we'll throw in a third. That's fine. We'll take Snell. So by the way, oh, and total credit to Crawley for all this stuff too. Cause it, it but I'm little, look at all the publicity I'm giving him, giving him. It says fly the W right on our screen. Um, but yeah, Otani Yamamoto, that's huge. But it, and it doesn't even feel like we haven't heard anything about Alonzo recently. Dylan Cease, like they were talking about him to the Reds. I'm like, why aren't we in on that? I guess we're not. Um, I don't know why. Um, he used to be on the freaking Cubs. And I guess we're like, eh, yeah, he's is had his because, Is it because the White Sox maybe don't want to trade? Yeah, probably. With us? Like that might be a thing. Uh, there might, I don't know. How weird would that be? for Dylan Cease to go from the Cubs to the White Sox and then back to the Cubs. Yeah. I don't know how many times that's happened. Probably probably just a handful. And then you've got, um, you know, I can see Bellinger, uh, Matt Chapman. I mean, we've been rumored with that guy, but, you know, everybody's kind of like hot and cold. Bellinger, though, I could see him coming back. I think that if you, the moment Otani signs, if you don't sign Bellinger, you know, I don't know what you're doing. Because, like, those two positions that you need. And, um, you know, he fills both of them. And then, you know, we're not getting – he has trade targets of Corbin Burns, Alex Bregman, and Glassnow. We're heavy in on the Glassnow thing. But that's – I think that's only one year. And, like, he only pitches, like, 107 innings, and he's been an injury machine. But he he's awesome. He's an awesome pitcher when he's not um, dead. And then you've got Reese Hoskins, which we're heavily con- connected to. And that feels like – last year's Bellinger deal in a way like prove it you're coming back from injury then you Jorge Soler you get him back but I mean how many outfielders do we already fucking have I was gonna say where are you putting Soler if you bring him back he's not a center fielder and that's the spot we need and then and then you got Shane Bieber who we talked about last week Kim who we talked about last week from Korea and uh Isaac Paredes which I don't know anything about that but um, let me bring Joe back in to discuss some of these dudes. Um, Joe, how did how did it all go? Um, wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, it looks like the Cubs offseason so far in that toilet. You, know what I mean? <laughs> you said I there was no, there was nothing. No, I, it was. Yeah, <laughs> Joe, I would be back for another half hour. Like I would be done. I'd be like, yeah. There was, you know, my legs would be like falling asleep, and I couldn't walk afterwards. It wouldn't wouldn't be good. Well, I am a pro, but um, it was it was quick. It was quick as I thought it would be. Um, I'm just glad I got to the toilet in time. <laughs> we are too. Although that would have been a first. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want to break that glass ceiling. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, not a great time to have a glass ceiling. In fact, especially if you're downstairs. Uh, <laughs> just be like, what is that? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. All right, so the Cubs. Let's say they don't get Otani because it's you know it's a dream anyway that we we're, we're all having. We could have it for a few more days until he decides something else. But then, what 
you you have to immediately do something else, right? I mean, and what is that thing? IFG, what do you do immediately the moment Otani is signed to the Dodgers? Um, cry and then... Yeah, I'll let you go first. Sorry. Yeah, no, uh, cry and then sign a lot of old fun people. <laughs> I, I, I get Joey Votto and Andrew McCutcheon and just anybody that's going to piss off the rest of the NL Central just so we can sell their jerseys in Cubs colors. Yeah, because we've, I mean, already, we've already got counsel. You get Votto, you get McCutcheon, you got Otani. There you go. If we're going to suck, we should have a lot of fun doing it. Oh, uh, we should definitely we, buy cut. We should definitely buy Cubs Council jerseys to wear up to Miller Park. Like that wait, is a pretty I'm, damn I'm good troll. I thought this was if we got Otani, you'd bring those other guys in because they wouldn't cost. No, no. Much. If we didn't get Otani, no. Oh, if we buy don't... Otani, then we go all in. We spend every dollar Tom Ricketts has because it's not my money. I don't give a shit. We, you know, you bring in Otani, you sign Bellinger, you do all the things. Trade for Alonzo. Do the do the stuff. But and if you don't buy, get him, you go the other way. You, just, you sign the softball team. Well, yeah, yeah because then you have, because we're going to intelligently spend or whatever and save money to go after Juan Soto or not next year. It's funny you bring up intelligent spending because Jesse Rogers was tweeting out a lot of things that uh, sounded to uh, Mankey Barbecue as I smell intelligent spending Hoskins and maybe a mid-starter, and that's all they do. And that does kind of feel almost like last year. And, if, and we just we lost. We got Ballinger, and then we lost Ballinger because he's just off doing something else. So we got to bring him back. And then you've just replaced Bellinger with Bellinger. We need to replace Bellinger with Bellinger. And you need to replace Stroman. So, I mean. Yeah, so you so, sign a bunch of old fun dudes, and then you spend this year raising the babies, and the next year you try after bigger free agents. If you're not going to get them this year, get them next year. What do you do, Joe? What the moment Otani signs and that domino falls? See, I don't. I think you have to then look to making a massive trade. Like I, I don't think they could have another. I mean, you went out and got Craig Council, unless you truly are under the thought process of David Ross was the reason we didn't make the playoffs and we could have won 90 games and blah, blah, blah. Because everyone thought like, all right, we got council. Now we're going to roll out the red carpet and get him some big players. That's why council came here. Also council came here because he was getting 8 million. And maybe Hold the thought uh, process Yeah, I was just going to say, did you think that when you heard the council news? Because it seemed to be a lot of people thought, oh, we got great council. That means... We, we are spend. going all in on a spending spree. Did was that your thought, or did you have other thoughts? I thought honestly, I did not think spending spree right away. I don't know why. I, I thought I should have because when we got Madden, we went out and spent. We got Lester. We uh, traded for Dexter Fowler. We traded for Miguel Montero. Uh, you know, we, we signed some players, and then we added even more the next year. So we went big back to back years in free agency. Uh, I don't know why. I just feel like with council, they kind of thought to themselves, we're going to steal some extra wins here. Um, the, the only it's been so, like, I'll give Jed a lot of credit. He keeps it so close to the chest that you don't know what he's thinking uh, as of right now. Right. But he has yet to prove to us that he could go out there and get the big, big dog. Right. Swanson turned out to be the right signing. Sure. Although second half Trey Turner looked unbelievable, but do we still do? Do we honestly any of us feel confident that he could go out there and get the premier person on the market? 
I don't. We haven't seen it yet. No, and you know, and until he does it, if he if he comes home with one of these shi- brand new shiny toys, then you could say that he did it at least the one time, and then you could expect that of him. But until he does it, I agree. And it seems like if there's going to be the pocketbook is slowly opening back up in Chicago. Like you got Hayward off the books now, you know, not that that should ever freaking matter. Cause it certainly didn't matter to the freaking Mets and Dodgers to go spend 350 million and the Padres. And you know what? And you can tear it down real fast. Juan Soto is now a Yankee. Yep. You know, and, and they just got rid of that money. Okay. Well, we only had one year and they got a bunch of prospects in return. It's, it was a pretty decent return for Juan Soto. Like they got one of those, one or two of those guys is going to work out. You know, they got seven names. Yeah. It was a pretty big overpay. I mean, some people are saying it wasn't like, I I mean, the Cubs could have matched that without us hurting our farm system overall. You know what I mean? We could have matched that. Uh, and then, yeah, and some people are like, but then it's only one year. He's a Boris client, I'm pretty sure. So they never extend beforehand. And I'm like, still, it's one year of Juan fucking Soto. Like, exactly. come on. Yeah. Don't you want that? That's my whole thing. So yeah, yeah, to answer your question, if Otani's off the board, I'm still going hard for the next tier. The next. And- so you're from Crawley's tier. I'll uh, put Crawley's tier back up. So the tier one trade targets are. Alonzo would be still be out there with Soto gone. You'd still got to take care of first base. And then you could also take care of that with Bellinger at first, but you're kind of wasting his scent his glove um, because it's center field, but who knows what you're doing with PCA. Like there's a lot of moving parts, of course, but, um, but yeah, it could start the year in triple a. And then if he does come knocking hard, then you can move Bellinger to right field. Suzuki could DH. Alonzo at first. I mean, there's options that you know. I know a lot of us are don't love the DH, but at least it does make it where you could play with some things a little bit. Yeah, you know, you can. And then the glass now thing. I know everybody's excited. He's got swing and miss stuff, and I'm like, yeah, for a hundred innings. And that, I mean, imagine it. Like he's a starter. Let's say he goes five, six innings a start. You know, hundred innings. That's twenty games. It's like about half of what you'd want. You know, uh, yeah. it's it's not like what Arietta's given you in 2016. It's it's not like one of these performances where where you're going to eat a certain amount of innings. And then when that guy's going out there, you don't have to worry about your bullpen. You can just draw it up. You're going to get seven solid. You know, you can, you're not going to get that out of glass. Now you got to be careful with him. They might need to shut his ass down at the end of the year. Cause he pitched too much. Even, you know, like me, that reminds me with the shutting pitchers down. I don't know why a team hasn't done this yet where, you know, your pitchers on an inning limit, right? Why, why start him at the start of the year? Why not call him up in June or July? Thank you. And don't have him pitching up in, don't have him go to Iowa and throw, uh, you know, whatever, four, five, six games and then come. And then, because those are still, you're still throwing. Well, just, you know, just training start in May. Why, like, you know, why shut a guy down in August and then fuck yourself in September and October when it matters most? Extended spring spring training. You could totally do that. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. All the sense. So, I mean, I, I'm, what, I'm with you, Joe. I, that's exactly what I was thinking when Danny was talking. I'm like, why, why wouldn't they just bring him in when they think the 100 innings is going to start, you know? Yeah. Because I'll say, like, even though I don't think Reese Hoskins is, is bad, he missed all of last year um, because of being injured. He tore an ACL. 
but he's got a serious amount of pop. He is right-handed, so he doesn't solve that lefty problem for you, but he solves the first base problem for you. And then, I don't know, it's it's not the – he's really good, and I think he probably does bounce back. Um, a lot of people are like, just give him a one-year prove-it deal. I don't see that happening. I I think that you know some team is going to be like, you're we believe in you, Reese. We want you to be our first baseman for like three years. You know, like I believe that, and and I think that's about right. If I were his uh, agent, I wouldn't settle for a one two year deal. I'd want I'd make a two of the a third year option, maybe. I know he missed all of last year, but you just showed the stats. This guy at his worst is twenty percent above league average offensively. Yeah, put, put it right put it back up. Plus. Look at that, 123, 129, 138. So he's got he's had some big years, and he had 30 home runs last year. His career high is 34. He walks a good amount, solid on base percentage up and down his career for the most part. Uh, this is this isn't like with Trey Mancini, where he was he hadn't had a good season since 2019. Um, this guy yeah. had a good year in 2022. Yeah, until right. he, and what the hell happened in 2019? 116 walks. Holy shit. Like he's not even like he's, he's not within 40 of that any other year. And- I'll tell you what happened. It was Bryce Harper's first season. And Reese was coming off a big year the year before when he had 34 home runs, 850 OPS. And I think people just kind of were more careful with him. Um, and then they just kind of went the other way in 2020. Well, it was a short wow. season and all that though. And then right. the- yeah, 2020, 29 could be close to the top. Yeah, it'd probably be yeah. You do forty-one games, twenty-nine walks. Yeah, he'd probably be around around the leaderboard that year. And then they've been talking to Cleveland too about a couple of guys. They've been talking. We talked about Shane Bieber, who you know, there's your Stroh replacement, I guess. Um, they've been talking about Emmanuel Class A as well, which I just would like because I like the word Class A. I'm feeling Class A today. But then they're talking about this Naylor dude, who's not bad. Uh, not quite as much pop as Reese. Um, I don't know. He <laughs> this does not excite me, but I guess they've been. He's been rumored. Um, he had a good year last year. Yeah, I mean, Naylor only excites you if you do a bunch of other moves. You know, he can't like. Th- I think that's the big fear is that we're just going to piece together all these moves where we all so desperately wanted that big splash. It feels like this Cubs offense, even with Bellinger returning to pretty close to old Bellinger form it was lacking a superstar. Like that one superstar to kind of tie it all together. Whereas yeah. our last run, you know, Rizzo and Bryant were, t- Bryant won the MVP. Rizzo finished fourth. Rizzo was top five in MVP voting two years in a row. So you could like, and Bryant came up a superstar right away where yeah. we have a lot of great offensive players uh, in our pipeline. I don't know if any of them are hit the ground running superstar right away. I just don't know. Maybe that third baseman Shaw, but he's still maybe a year away. Well, that's what everybody's counting on. And I'm kind of like, ugh. I mean, you know, we've all, I I want it to happen. I mean, it seems like he's the real deal, you know, but everybody said that about Brendan Davis, too. Things happen, man. We're sitting here staring at a basket of eggs and counting our chickens. I mean, everybody was so excited. I mean, freaking Mash Mervis got an obvious shirt. You know what I mean? Like he's just up and then, and then all of a sudden they just like gave up on him after like two weeks. And I'm like, dude, like he, he was in the ball hard. He kind of was putting it together to get, they didn't give him a chance. Right. You know, a good, well, and I, I mean, think that's, and I think that's something that Craig council is going to do better than David Ross ever did. You know, like he has no problem playing the babies and seeing, you know, what he can get out of them. I'm super excited about that. That's maybe 
the one thing about Council that I am the most excited about is that he's not averse to going to young guys. And especially this week, uh, he said what about Morell? said Morell seems to have like. I've got it. He, he you've got it. Yeah. He, yeah, he basically needs to be in the lineup. He's Chris Morrell needs to be in the lineup, and he's earned that. Craig Council on Christopher Morrell. What, what was David Ross's quote? I don't know where the hell we're going to put this guy. I don't know yeah. where we could play him. That was to motivate him, and it worked. <laughs> yeah. Was it, though? Was it? Stopped, my friend. Then why'd he, he sit him? <laughs> why'd he sit him? Why'd he play him when he came up, in different positions? If you remember, when he came up, he didn't play right away. Then he had a big game where he had a home run, had another home run, and then he played like eight games in a row where he was hitting a home run. And then Every he played day. he played the bulk of the time for a while, but then he started to dip here or there. Um, I think Morrell should be in the lineup every day too. I would rather we give third base to Morrell than sign Chapman, who after April was very pedestrian, and Chapman's going to want a multi-year deal. Why sign a guy to a four-year deal who is a defensive first player on a team that needs offense? And also when you have Shaw who is going to be knocking on the door soon enough if he continues the tie, uh, the you know insane run he went on last year as a first-year professional player. I mean, he, he just drafted that Shaw kid, but everyone is already saying he's going to crack the top 100 prospects by May. Joe, 100%. the big mistake And if you consider, is, you know, like defensively, he's already on the decline because he's old. Yeah. yeah. The big mistake <laughs> you're making here, Joe, is that uh, Madrigal locked down third base last year. I mean, <laughs> you, you absolutely have to – have Madrigal there. I mean, yeah. he's, he's the linchpin of the lineup. That outfield crow hop he used to get the ball to first base was a lot of fun to watch. He quit doing that at some point, you know. He, he, stronger. he, he gave stronger. it up like Soriano gave it up. He's just like, <laughs> it was amazing. This, I was like, Soriano was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. He just stopped. Yeah. Yeah. This is the thing that we've been talking about all last year. Like, Madrigal got better. He got better throughout the season. He got really good. And then, all of a sudden, at the end of the season, you had like Cubs fans and, and the stat heads talking like, oh, he's an elite third baseman and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, I mean, maybe, but you could have put Morrell there too let him and practice. let him have all those starts, those 100-plus starts, and maybe he doesn't get to whatever level uh, Madrigal got to. But it's not enough. It wouldn't be enough of a drop off that he wouldn't make that up in his bat, which he clearly is a better. I'd rather have Morell's bat than Madrigal's any day. I have G. You were a little worried that Morell hadn't been in the lineup for the Aguilas for a couple days. He missed one day. Okay, and then he was back. I was. I was. But it was it was like the day now. that people started talking about trading him for glass. Now, right? Exactly. So it's it's just I I'm not I don't claim to be an expert. I'm not an insider. But in my experience, raised players who are at the MLB level don't play in winter league. Yeah, and I so and when, I when the rumors started swirling that he might be on the trade block uh, with Glasnow involved, and then he wasn't in the lineup the same day. I was like, hold up! But he was back well, today. And, and that specific deal, I don't like. You know, know, like Morell in a deal for Glass now. You know, it couldn't be straight up. That would be awful. That would have to be part of a package where Tampa gives us someone else. Because I would have to get Jed's head checked if he did Morell for Glass now straight up. Like you said, he's a pitcher who's never thrown more than 120 innings. Yeah, that stuff's amazing when it, when it plays, but 
you know, I know a lot of people like this expression, the best ability is availability. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, <laughs> uh, I do want to give a shout out to Terry E in the chat room and also our guy, Corey uh, Furlong, who says some nice things about my comedy and stuff like that after my dad passed, which thank you, Corey. It was really cool of you. Um, Terry E says, or did we get Craig Council because he's the guy who does more with less? Yeah. And that was kind of what I was alluding to earlier. That's like you know the I mean? first thing I said when we got him. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> They're so, like, he's so efficient. They're like, now we don't have to get good players. I'm like, we're never getting any stars. We're going to be built like the freaking Brewers. We're going to have a bunch of number fives that pitch like threes for a year. He's going to piece something together. Bad everybody right, which hell. What was Maybe hilarious. he can do that. I mean, I'm well, for it. I just yeah. feel like the- he wouldn't do this. And this is uh, Christopher Morell's defensive statistics, including minor leagues, winter league, all that. And I have highlighted all the times uh, in in the last in this last year that he's played third base, and like his defensive like percentage here, you can see um, in AAA nine fifty eight, and down here in winter league. Uh, right now where he's playing as an almost like an everyday third baseman with the Aguilas. They started him off in left field, then they moved him to shortstop, and then they put him on third base. Hold, hold third on, base. hold on. 16 Quit games now. How many times has he played first base? Zero times has he okay, played first good. base. They started him left field, they moved him to shortstop. Now he's at third base. He has been at third base for 16 games. The season's only a month long. Um, and his defensive like percentage there is it's 970. You know what? I, and then, like, here in MLB, he, he was given 39.1 innings at third base. Uh, it, and I mean, just give him time, the position. Played, he played 148 innings at second base. He played 80 innings in center field. He played 40 innings in left field, 62 in right field, 10 at shortstop. Like, and how the hell is anybody those. supposed to learn a position moving around like that? Yeah, and none of those were in a row. Only one player could have pulled that off, and that was Javi, you know, going from one place to the next over and over and over again. That was – and, you know, Zobris did that too, but not quite like this. And not and, and Zobris had been up. doing that for 10 years by the time he saw a Chicago um, Cubs uniform. Ber- Ber- Bernie Barron tweeted Yamamoto. Is there a reason? Is it be- wants him, or she just wants him. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like – because I'm waiting for breaking news. Like, I'm still in that kind of mode of just like something's got to happen, right? Um, please, somebody break some news for us on this show. That'd be great. I, just, I was just so delighted when I heard that Craig Council had, you know, given Christopher Morell his due and said, this is a guy who has earned an actual job in a lineup. Yeah. Well, and, and play it until it doesn't play anymore. If it doesn't work out, you can always change it. You know, it, it's like you can move him back to DH or something. If he's if it's really unplayable, they'll know that in a month. But they never gave it a shot to work out. He never played more than two days in a row at third base for the Cubs last year, and it was a position we didn't even really have. But they wanted yeah, magical in there. Jed, though, a lot of that's on Jed's roster construction. True, you know what I mean that's a I lot agree. of stuff where it's easier to blame the manager. But think about that bullpen that we went to camp with that that we went to the season with. Think about. Uh, you know, Eric Haas. I don't know why. So you know, we're talking I have no idea Matt why Robinson we had here. Eric Hosmer for one minute. Why do we get Hosmer? I mean, Trey Mancini, I thought, okay, fine, because then you could platoon Matt Mervis's lefty bat with Mancini's righty bat. Let's give it a shot. Even though Mancini hadn't been good since 2019, Tucker Barnhart had been good since 2019, Eric Hosmer had been good since 2019, Cody Bellinger hadn't been good since 2019. But we got lucky, and he turned it around. So 
Um, which by the way, I heard he liked Ross a lot. So if he's not sniffing us, maybe we, maybe we know why. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There was just a lot going into last year's season where it was like, all right, like that's, I thought the biggest mistake was getting Hosmer and starting the year with him instead of having Mervis, give Mervis a real shot. Mervis went back to AAA and still crushed it. And so I don't know why we're still just writing this poor bastard off. It's amazing to me. We don't know. It's a mystery. He could be, we don't know if he could be good or not. He looked over at the time, but so did PCA. So I I was like just losing my mind all last season. Like I I turned on Jed. I have absolutely turned on Jed. I'm just like, who the fuck is this guy? He he doesn't know who he has. He doesn't know his own players. That's what it feels like, right? Because of the Hosmer and Mancini thing. Like Morel. Hosmer, fine, you signed him because you didn't think you were gonna get Mancini. Right? Fine. Yeah. But you get Mancini. So fucking let's just get rid of Hosmer at this point and go with one of our guys that we know is coming up. Morell, third baseman. Well, no, we have to have Madrigal over there for some reason. And then and even then it's like Madrigal and Wisdom, and they don't he doesn't know who he wants over there. And then we get Jamer Candelario because we clearly don't have a third baseman. And the first thing he does is put him at first base. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Like I was losing my goddamn mind. But but then after the season, he fired David Ross. And that kind of blew my mind because it made me think for the first time. Maybe David Ross wasn't as much of a team player as I thought he was. And maybe he got the can because, you know, like obviously Craig Council came available and he wanted to go to the Cubs. And so you make that deal or whatever. But at the same time, maybe he was just like, no, this is what we want a guy like Council because David Ross isn't doing what we want. So he wasn't, yes, Manning. Backed off the jet hate. By like a half a step, because now I want to see where this council stuff go. Now, if we go into this season again and they keep holding down these, you know, if if Canario comes up and hits a fucking grand slam and then they sit him for the next four days and nobody says a word about it, I hate Jed again. But, you know, I will give him a little bit of a... a, a little bit more leeway right now to see what happens because of the council thing. Yeah, well, it's funny you brought up Candelario because he went to the Reds and Billy DeVore was pretty excited about that because, you know, that was one we could have used him. We I wouldn't have been sad about Jamer Candelario. At $15 million per year, three years, uh, $45 million was that contract. A guy who played third and first and switch hit. And uh, if you're shopping Morell? If you're shopping Morell... You need, you, you need Candelario would have been nice, yeah. Yeah. So, so you saw him come off the board. Juan Soto would have been nice. He's off the board. Uh, and then slowly will Vic Caratini went to the Astros. I don't know if you saw that. He's, um, uh, and the Orioles signed Craig Kimbrell. So I think that's pretty interesting. I, I like him in an Orioles uniform. That, that feels right. He feels like a Baltimore dude. And like, it's a, it's just a really good decision by the Orioles. He makes a really great holdover closer until Felix Batista is back from Tommy John surgery. Um, Can we yeah, mark it, and it's good for the fun. Orioles to have like an actual name on their team. Yeah, it helps. Name recognition's big. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think we start marketing the Baltimore man bun. 
for uh, <laughs> that's not already a thing. And the um, little thing that you would always have behind his hat. So I, I should, I feel like I'd be remiss in mentioning that at least one thing actually did happen at the winter meetings, and it was in the minor league rule five. <laughs> I don't know if you looked. <laughs> it's pretty. I mean, it, it's not really newsworthy, but we got a guy named Hayden Cantrell. So just in case he becomes a thing, we could say we mentioned him. Mark it down. December the 7th. minor league rule five that happened in uh, parking garage C on the fourth floor. Yeah. As they say, December 7th, a date that will live in infamy. <laughs> the day we signed. Hayden Cantrell in the minor league rule five draft. Um, and we lost a couple guys. We lost Andy Weber, Levi Jordan, and a couple of pitchers, a lefty and a righty, Adam Lasky and Sheldon Reed. I'd only heard of Andy Weber. Oh no, not Sheldon Reed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Does anything ever happen at the winter meetings though? I don't remember last year's winter meetings being a splash. This is just an excuse for these guys to get into some warm weather and get drunk. Because they could do this over Zoom. Why do they have to meet to, to make trades and sign people? Well, apparently, I mean, I was hearing about it. If you listen to Ian Happ's podcast ever, he would, they were talking about being there and that they, they all have their these suites and they all have their war room. Uh, and they go back to the war room and they're on their phones. And they are still on their phones. But then when they really make the deal, I think they meet up. And I think a lot of things happen in the hotel bar. And I so bet. that's the place to be. And, uh, I mean, can you imagine just like the worst trades of all time or just cause they were drunk, <laughs> you know, that probably used to happen <laughs> a lot back in the day. We're like, I did what last night I traded Babe Ruth. Oh God. <laughs> for a showgirl? Oh like, no. For, for money for cash considerations. He's the worst. Um, that's where so, player to be named later came from. It was a drunk transaction. He's like, I don't know. I'll tell you someone later. Yeah, <laughs> just get rid of this guy. Um, that would be a hey. Great that's how the Pirates got Marco story. Gonzalez. Well, I I did go to the winter meetings in 2019, right before 2020. Um, and Is that how that works? Yeah. Well, you know, but I said 2020 in that way, meaning like, and then the unspeakable. It was. It was. It was yeah. It was the last good thing I did. Yeah. Before it was everything. Literally months before <laughs> the world shut down. So. In the hotel, you just look around, and there's, like, Ken Rosenthal standing there, and he's super short. And then you see Jeff Passan, and he's short, too. And you're like, oh, my God, these fuckers are so, so short. And you're like – and you never would think it. And that's why I think um, they're on TV because they look, you know, just like anybody – you know, like it. You would not never think anybody – That's why they're think, always behind yeah, podiums. Yeah, so Tom Cruise is short. In, in Tom Cruise – that's why yeah. Ron DeSantis wears cowboy boots, <laughs> you know. Um, but so that's fun to see all these dudes walk around. That's really cool. And then you see like random people like Andre Dawson was there. Fergie Jenkins was there trying to get some stuff done. Like Not short. Not, not Yeah, Fergie not Jenkins, short. not a short man. Um, no, but yeah. Did you see he's like tweeting? He's like, show is going to love the restaurants in Chicago. And he's at La Scarola. Have you ever been I to La Scarola? guys. Yeah, I got a La Scarola story, but I can't tell it on a live TV show. Um, and then um, you have Fergie Jenkins out there giving out cigars to everybody at the winter meetings except for Bob Nightingale because he's like, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Love Fergie. Oh, man. Um, 
I like the part where uh, Ryan Dempster brought up that, you know, the that Andre Dawson was doing some sneaky Otani stuff, too. Because in his tweet, he's like, I can neither confirm nor deny that if there wasn't a meeting. However, alternate means of communication have not been ruled out as a possible way to keep things quiet. And Hawk of unspecified species was spotted flying outside Nashville with a rolled up scroll in his talons. Was <laughs> that rolled so up scroll a joint? <laughs> was what? That would close some was deals. Andre Dawson bringing to Shohei Otani. And is H a vowel in Canada? I don't know. They right. asked the town crier. And Hawk. And Hawk. Which threw me off. Sorry. Um, I'm an English major. And as soon as I saw it, I cringed. So um, we got to at least give short shrift to Malort Gate. <laughs> and then we'll take it. Well, oh, we can God. let we can let you go. I I can hear your stomach rumbling from here, Joe. <laughs> Is it? Maybe. No, no, I'm kidding. It, I, I did want to ask you guys though. What? Uh, so I think you know the big question going around. A lot of people asking on Cubs Twitter is if we don't get Otani or Bellinger, you know, one of the top tier people, is this offseason a complete waste? And I thought about this earlier today while I was struggling to get poop out. Um, I think the Cubs could still have an off season that puts them as favorites in the NL central, which I know doesn't always say much because it's the NL central after all, but as from a fan's point of view, it is, it would be incredibly frustrating not to shop at that top tier because it feels like it's been since the Jason Hayward because Hayward was what the second or third ranked free agent that year. We didn't even mm-hmm. offer him the most money. A couple other teams offered him more than us and he signed with us. But since then we've got, we've watched generational talent, Bryce Harper go by at the age of 26. He was a free agent. Manny Machado was 26, a free agent coming off like the damn near MVP season. We watched yep. him go. So it seems like every off season, uh, they did land you Darvish. That was the last time I think Darvish. Yeah. We signed yeah. Darvish uh, right after 2017. So the, the, the Offseason going into 2018 was a big one. And we still stayed yeah. under the luxury tax for 2018. We went over in 2019 and then barely over in 2020. We probably would have found a way to get under if it wasn't for the pandemic happening at the worst time. Because I think they were going to try to trade Quintana that spring because um, he had one year left and like 10 million. And they, you know, there's a couple guys that, anyway, not to relive the past, but that's why I think the fan base is getting so damn frustrated. Because yeah. there's been these players where it's like, and look, last year was a nice off season, half and half, right? Swanson and Bellinger, really nice. Season before, Stroman, Suzuki, good. But they're still from that C plus, B minus tier. We should be at the A plus tier. And, Absolutely. And, and maybe Council, because everyone tells me Council's like a 20-war manager, right? Greatest manager of all time. That's all <laughs> I've heard. He's the Messiah. We signed the Messiah. So maybe he does get you into the playoffs on his own. But don't we as fans who pay the most expensive ticket prices in baseball deserve that assurance of shopping? You know what I mean? We should be shopping at Whole Foods. Like, I don't even <laughs> want to dog Aldi because I go to Aldi all the time. But, like, we should be <laughs> I love Aldi. at Whole Foods, not Look, the Look, I love store. Aldi, but their produce rots after, like, two days. It kind of yeah. does. You got to eat that stuff right away. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, right, it's it's the stuff they bought at Whole Foods. You're absolutely right because I did look into. They blew through the season ticket holder lists as well, and there's a reason is because they haven't put together a competitive team since that core that won the World Series, and it's just been a slow ride kind of down and now sideways. And you know, I I had it in the notes. We don't have time to really talk about it, but these even the 20 game plans. 
you know, I'll put up real quick, like, you know, there's some decent games in here. There's Fridays, there's Saturdays, there's Sundays. You know, you got some weekend things. You got some contenders that you're up against. You see the Dodgers, you know, you, you got some games against St. Louis and the White Sox. But here in this 20-game plan, but the average ticket, this is in the upper freaking deck. It's one of these seats that are shaded green here on the top. One of these seats for your 20-game plan, average of $100 a ticket. That's crazy. Oh, no. That's my yeah. favorite section, by the way. But a hundred dollars a ticket is crazy. Yeah, it's a, and you're averaging that, and that is just uh, unacceptable, you know. And they're and they're and they call it a discount, yeah. Or or they, this isn't the discount thing. They give you fifteen percent off an overpriced hot dog, you know. But they you get so, the cheapest. So basically, price. the taxes. You yeah, don't exactly. have to pay the taxes on that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, so it's so, the stuff that frustrates because we all love the Wrigley Field experience. I, I, you know, I'll give the Ricketts credit for what they did building around. You know, at first I was against it, but then I'm like, no, look, Gallagher Way is a great thing, and there's a lot of stuff there that's cool. But I almost wonder if Jed, seeing what happened at the end of the last run, you know, the the paycheck, the wall that essentially closing after the off seasons of 2018, 2019, 2020, where he's like, I don't want to get stuck in that position again. So instead of going for that A market, because look, Shohei Tani at $500, $600 million, there's a good chance the last four years of that deal, you're like, fuck. But it's worth it for everything up front. And someone's going to blow that money. It might as well be you. And he, like IFG, you've said a million times over, I'm sure, he generates so much revenue. You're going to get the entire country of Japan subscribing to Marquee Network. It's Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm, I'm in Seattle, right? Okay, so I'm in Seattle. I go to a lot of games at T-Mobile Park. And the entire time I've been here in this city, I've walked around and went, you know, honestly, in in a lot of ways, I really feel bad for Mariners fans because you walk around, Mariners fans, they have five jerseys and it's all retired players. They don't trust the team to keep a good player around long enough to invest in their jersey. I don't want to be like that. I don't think the Chicago Cubs should be like that. I agree. Yeah, totally. It's you're right. I am so tired of one year deals for people who are on their way out of the sport. Like we deserve better than that. We pay enough money to have actual players who are star players, who people are proud to wear their names on their back and their colors. Or even do it like the Braves. I don't know how they convinced everybody. You know, they they picked all these guys. They got them all to sign long-term contracts. It was rumored that the Cubs tried that with a couple of our core guys, but that never came to fruition. Uh, you know, the numbers. But the, yeah. there's, there's he said, she said about all that crap. But, like, you know, at, but it's, they didn't do it. They they were right. able to keep nobody. Not that, that we would want them now anyway, I guess. I don't know. It's it's but hard it's to say. I mean, we believe that they were going to be here forever. We had four players in the top ten of jersey sales like three years in a row. Yeah. I I think yeah. the Braves we have were zero right they, now. Zero. They signed, yeah, zero, you're right. We did. We had nothing in the top twenty. Nothing in the top yep. twenty, which is we used to be t- four of the top ten. Nothing in the top twenty now. You we had you um Dansby would be a guy that people would buy. He's I don't know if I saw a, a phenomenal defensive player, but he also is a 240 hitting shortstop with yeah with some pop. It's nice, but that's not someone I'm the spending. The hair is pretty, but it's jersey. not 330 Nike authentic pretty. It's not so, and I love the guy. He was he was he had an awesome year and all that. But uh, you know, as far as like this the superstar thing and everything like that, it is. Uh, 
if you want to run a team like the Brewers, charge us Brewers prices then. Okay, I, I want 100%. Brewers ticket prices if you're going to do it that way and everything. Um, but yeah, it was. And as far as the long-term deals the Braves did, they were smart enough. They got Acuna and Albies to sign extensions like during spring training before they made their major league debuts. So they took a big gamble. That, like the White Sox did that with Eloy Jimenez. They signed him to a good size extension before he ever had his first major league at bat, and that's backfired. But where the Braves did it, it worked out for them. And then they got some other guys like to sign extensions that were like, really? They probably could have held out for more. I don't know how they were able to do it. With the Cubs, I didn't hear any rumors that they tried to extend any of these guys before they made it to the show. They got Rizzo early. We forget that. The Rizzo extension yeah. was a great signing, and they were smart to do that, and they got him on the cheap, which is why when they offered him an extension that was a pay cut, people forget this, Rizzo's last season with the Cubs, he was making $16 million. The extension was for $14 million. That's a pay cut. I'm sorry. And I understand him being like, fuck that. You got to at least offer what I'm making this year. And if they would have done that, they probably would have signed him. As far if they would have done that, they wouldn't be trying to f- sign Reese Hoskins right now. You sure. Would have, and and then also, things work out differently. No, yeah, the no Cubs won the World Series. So, like, those guys were on their second, third, fourth year, and they won the World Series. Some fans might not want to hear this, but every professional athlete has two dreams. Win a yeah. World Series, get paid. So once they won the World Series, you're not going to get that discount anymore. So you kind of miss no. your pants. The, and then yeah, they like what else do you have to do to earn it? You yeah. broke a hundred fucking year curse and you can't get paid for that? And maybe if they were all extended in 2017, 2018, they would have played better. I feel like a lot of times... It's hanging you know, over their head. Yeah, I think it was, it was a cloud hanging over their head, especially that last year. They're kind of thinking, what the fuck? We won the World Series for a team that hasn't won in 108 years and they're finagling over every little fucking cent? I think that's what probably that's gonna fuck. Think about it. Everyone here, you've worked a job where you're not appreciated. You don't work as hard, Bye. right? And I feel yeah. like that kind of was what happened. Those that that 2018, 2019 Cubs team, although 18, they were good. They won 95 games, but they weren't fun. And 2019 yep. wasn't very fun until Castellanos. He kind of injected some new life into him for a stretch. And 2020 was a pandemic, but what? But you know, there just there was something that was missing. And the I think end it kind of was 2019 when Castellanos knew that he wasn't coming back. That was heartbreaking. It yeah. was. Yeah. Well, but that 2018, you brought up the 2018. They they won how many games? 95 games that year. In 2018, and, yeah. And the management said something was broke. And it's like, wait, we just won 95 games. It's not really our fault that another had- team won 96. And like, they had 41 games in 42 days to end the season. They were burnt out, and they they put up a good fight. People act. I, I get mad when people say 2018 was an all time choke job. They were yes, 16 and 12 in the month of September. 16 and 12, which is a 96 win pace, which is one yep. game better than they actually did. They had the second or third best record in the National League, and yeah, it was just a bad bad timing in a lot of ways. Right? They got beat, but Brewers were ridiculous. They came out of nowhere, and they managed. And that was. The manager that we now have. So hopefully that won't, that bullshit won't happen to us anymore because we got the guy on the other end. Yeah. You can't do anything about what the other team is doing when you're not playing them. And the Brewers, while they were not playing the Cubs, were just fucking running on it. And they They were, they had a great year. But at the end of the year, like you're saying, you don't want to play for people who are kind of giving you shit all the time or not wanting to talk to you about extensions and stuff and to have them come out and say they could have thought it and said it behind closed doors a million times if they'd like. But to have them come out and say the offense is broke, everything's broke, 
Like, fuck you, dude. Like, yeah, I feel like Theo w- wouldn't have said that if he thought he could sign players. And I think he was shocked that the wall had closed. But I want to hear some carols. Do you guys? I know this guy. Dan yeah, well, here. yeah, we we got some carols to to listen to. We're oh, already oh, uh, hours stick around to hear some some bad singing. I got yeah, some. Yeah, uh, M- Michael's got two bit songs full of bad singing. We don't have to listen to the whole thing if it really becomes untenable. But uh, but we'll give it- podcast by the way. <laughs> so, uh, but we we do need to take a quick break for one of our sponsors, In the Clutch. In the Clutch is a T-shirt company. I, I am wearing one of the In, In the Clutch shirts right now. Check this out. This makes a great Christmas gift. Fly the W under the tree. You know, <laughs> got the angel on the bottom in this one. Um, so I wore my Shohei Otani in the Clutch T-shirt to trivia last night, and I won first place. See, it's yeah. good. It's good luck. Um, oh, and I don't know who my Elfster Secret Santa is. Obviously, it's a secret. But how about that? The Morel shirt from In the Clutch, yeah. And That's if you, a nice you one. pretty you get, basic Morel shirt, but I man, there's something about it I really like. And so, uh, if if you happen to be my senior Santa, go out there to In the Clutch, and if, and you get ten percent off with code Sunranto, and we get like uh, four dollars, three three or four bucks out of your. Hey, purchase. get me so one of those Shonley fans shirts. Yeah, buy buy us shirts and then also give us money from buying your shirts. So no, but really help. In the Clutch is an awesome company. They've got a lot of great stuff that's not even baseball related. So just go check out their uh, their site and also check out this commercial for them. I just shared a link in the chat. In the Clutch is your t-shirt company of awesomeness. If you like the Cubs a bunch, buy your t-shirts from In the Clutch. We've got all the best styles for you. Dansby say a Morel too. Clark fly in his double U. Cody Bellinger smoking dudes. Vintage shirts from days of old. Patrick Wisdom and Nico. You'll look sharp wearing your strobe. 10% off with the code. S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O. In the clutch.com is your store for the most fun baseball shirts on the planet. Don't forget to use promo code SUNRANTO to knock a couple bucks off your purchase. Stack or die, we need more cups. Get it all at In the Clutch. Cause if you like the Cubs a bunch, buy t shirts from In the Clutch. Get it all at In the Clutch. Get it all at In the Clutch. Welcome back. I want to thank everybody who shopped through our Amazon link at sunranto.com slash stuff. That's where our, you just, uh, you know, fill your Amazon cart, click on our link and then check out like normal. And we get uh, a little bit of money uh, out of Jeff Bezos's giant yacht project and into the Sunranto shows project. And this month we're going to give away the uh, the Sunranto stuff prize of the month you get to win. If your item that you purchased corresponds to the winning number, you can win this cute little thermos of this little Cubs man. So or uh, somebody in the chat said earlier, that is a life-size madrigal thermos. <laughs> exactly. Um, so there are th- 
a total of 49 items that were purchased. And I think my favorite of them all is uh, if you see the bottom number 30 here, I don't know if you can read it. It's very small. Light my fire spork. Somebody bought (laughs) camping sporks. Look at these things. Look at these sporks. So on one end for the podcast listeners is a spoon. And on the other end is a spork. And, the or, or is a fork, and the way I remembered it going was that the a spork was a combination spoon fork where it was both a failed spoon and a failed sp- fork because it was like a spoon that couldn't hold soup because it had fork. Uh, yeah, it was like uh, didn't KFC invent these things? That's where I remember seeing them for. Did the first they really? Time. I don't know. That's where I saw them for the first time. But yeah, it was. The it was a spoon, but it had little tiny points on it. Anyway, I don't know who bought this, but I'm I'm rooting for you. That's who I want to win. <laughs> so at number number whoever bought number thirty, the spork, and I'm I'm going to share the link to this too in the chat if you want to get your own sparks. They're like eight bucks. It's I mean one end a fork, one end a spoon. That makes a lot more sense. And then the spoon handle be the spoon becomes a handle to make it a fork. It's amazing. Why didn't I think of this? I'd be a millionaire. Be wasting my time. Danny is way too impressed with this shit right now. I just, that's not. <laughs> Listen, I thought a spork was one thing, and now it's another thing. <laughs> my, my definition of spork has now completely changed. I have one problem with this. If you yeah. eat something with a spoon and then you need to go eat something with a fork, do you not have like food, greasy mouth stuff all over the spoon end of the thing that you're trying to eat the with a fork and ew. That is true. And then you, and then especially like if. Well, you saw that it came with two of them. Yeah, you, you have to. Well, now you, now you might as well just have a spoon, a fork and a spoon. Just bring one of each. You, so. hey, look, you're camping. You don't know what you're getting. You don't know if it's going to be a soup day or it's going to be a, a, a foraging for mushrooms day. You're prepared with one utensil. Um, Corey Furlong says it's like a 69 spoon. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I, all right, well, I will share my, my, uh, screen here and, uh, we can pick a, a winner for the, so one through 49, uh, this is for the sunranto.com uh, slash stuff shopper on Amazon. Good luck to you. Here we go. And it's number... Twelve, and we'll put this back up here and Whoa, see. That is John Baker's number when he played for the Cubs. Whoever bought the energetic LED floodlight light bulbs, you are the winner. Wait, why are they energetic? Well, we're gonna find out. Write to me. What else are they doing? I don't know, but they maybe that's the brand. But you've just won this cute little oh, life-size okay. Nick Madrigal. Um, and also I keep forgetting to mention hashtag chance in the chat. You can get a message of love and doom sent to you, uh, by me, uh, and a Frank chance postcard. So let's listen to some carols. I, I'm surprised you wanted to stick around for this. I mean, you already have stomach problems and you know, now you're going to subject yourself <laughs> to this Joe and um, Joe. So, you know, fair game. All right. All right. Nobody, right. everybody's got tough skin around here. 
And are if not, singing them live or are these pre-recorded? These are pre-recorded. Uh, maybe IFG will sing one of hers live because she okay. wrote with amazing handwriting. What oh, penmanship on her this cry, woman? But nobody else we can see. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, because she you, you didn't record them, right? You just I have not recorded any of my comes Miss Carol. So no. well, we got a couple weeks left if you want to. Uh, or you can sing one live. But we'll start with a 12 days of Sugus, 12 days of Christmas, because Bill's this he's got three in already. So he, this is just a war of attrition Yo, at this point. Prolific so, uh, songster, our, our Bill Sugus. So here we go. Here's Bill with the 12 days of, of Sugus. The only real 12 days of Cubsmas I want to see this season. On the twelfth day of Cubs, Miss Jehoyer gave to me Shohei Otani, Shohei Otani, Shohei Otani, Hey Otani, Shohei 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 Otani, and Shohei Otani. I think that was 12 of them. <laughs> uh, is that a Shohei Otani baseball card? It's a Shohei Otani baseball card. I've been up. It's, it's next to Zobris World Series bobblehead. I'm trying to manifest something. Yeah, I believe it. Look, 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 look what I got. Yeah. Oh, oh you got the oh. new one. I, I got that. the most valuable pupper, and it's a parallel. I never, I have the worst luck uh, drawing baseball cards. I have been collecting baseball cards for thirty years. I never get the special cards, and I got a special card. I'm very proud oh, of it. Look great. how pretty. That's a good one. It's a blue well, parallel. I'm jealous. I like pupper. Hey. While I did love Sugis's song, I can't say I'm 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 marking him down for creativity. <laughs> he, he didn't come up with a single other day. Come on. It was but he did get what he wanted humorous. every day of Christmas. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, I, and, I, and how come we always notice that Jergo is in his car hiding from his wife? But literally every <laughs> Bill Sugis has a like a, a a song chair in his house. Yeah. <laughs> and every time he does this, he's sitting in his, his song lazy chair. boy recliner and he sings. And my guess is that if the camera's not on, he's still just sitting in that chair singing. So uh, we got another uh, entry here. Let's, let's take one here from Mike Waller. He did a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer parody. So let's bring this one on. You know Rizzo and Lester and Bryant and Dexter. Miggy and Zobrist and Javi and Schwarber. But do you know who could be the big cub hero next year? Shohei, the two-way lefty, has a very mighty bat. And if you ever saw him, you would know that he throws gas. All the Chicago fans mock Jed and doubt he'll come. They never dreamed of Shohei playing in any Wrigley games. Then if one dreary, windy day, Passon came to say, Shohei with his star so bright is going to be a cub tonight. Then how the fans will love him as they shout out with glee. Shohei, the two-way lefty, you'll hit bombs out of Wrigley. Yeah. Very nice. Well, and talk about oh, manifesting good. stuff. The more songs we play with Otani, you know, just putting it out there into the world. 
Um, I, I, although I'm going to need Mike to do a Miles Mastroboni song for us too, <laughs> like maybe Dominic the Doggy. Dibididim, hee-haw, hee-haw, it's Miles Mastroboni. <laughs> Something like that. It's not a very popular You know, I, I did like how he he was like, you all know, and I thought this song was maybe going to go a little bit different way, because he's like, you all know these names, and it was all the 2016 Cups, right? And then I'm like, oh, is this going to be a song about how we don't know any of the new Cubs names? <laughs> exactly. Um, you don't know instead of you know. All right. Well, speaking of songs I don't know, I don't really know this song that you chose to do, Michael. Donde esta Santa Claus? But um, that, that I, that's like a, a sleeper one. What's the history of this tune? Do you know? Uh, in 1954, uh, 12-year-old Augie Rios had a hit. This, this is my Casey Kissing voice. 1954, 12-year-old Augie Rios hit the airwaves with Donde Esta Santa Claus, and it became a major hit for the youngster. I don't know that he did anything else ever, but I believe uh, Guster redid it in like 97. Did you know that <laughs> Guster? Did you know that? <laughs> Fuck Guster. That just you dead in the middle of that sentence. <laughs> um, no, did you know that Peggy Lee was 13 when she sang Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree? I actually just learned that, and that's, that's amazing. Surprising. I was today years old. That's amazing. She, I didn't she know that sounds, sound like a child. She sounds like a she smokes pe- a pack and a half a day. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I always thought it sounded like a kid to me. Because I associate that song with Home Alone, the scene where Absolutely. he puts, you know, the, the Michael Jordan on the record player and then he fakes that there's a party going on. So he's oh, a kid and it sounds, you know, makes me think kid when I hear that song. I associate that with the first scene of Lethal Weapon where the uh, scantily clad woman jumps off of the balcony. So <laughs> I remember that scene, but I gotta check that out. Well, that's that's way different. You can well, if you, you want to watch the first like I don't know three minutes of Lethal Weapon. I believe that's when. And well, here's here's honestly, more. If you watch it, and that's not the song. Let me know because that's the song in my head. Well, well, here's here's Michael Cotton with more of the song in his head. <laughs> Grandpa Rossi, don't they yes, star Chris Morel? Don't they yes, star Chris Morel? Why not play him at third base? Grandpa Rossi, oh, where is Chris Morel? I never know where he will get to play. Canario should be a play Instead of sitting on the bench All the renters are a saying These lineups have a shitty stench I hope he won't forget How to crack those long home runs Please let the youngsters play Throw Jordan, Muramaya, Comervis, Starhavi, Olay Olay, Olay, Chris Morel, Grandpa Rossi, 
Don't they yes star Chris Morel Oh where is Chris Morel It's 120 Oh where is Canario It's 120 All right Grandpa Rossi you're fired now <laughs> Very nice This is spectacular <laughs> You, you, you know, you, you're like kind of like the Nick Madrigal of parody song parody writers because you're getting better year after year. You, you know, just give give you a chance to get out there and you get a little better every year. I I have to say, I think that's some of the my <clears throat> finest singing. I don't think it was overall a better effort than uh, the Run DMC song I did last year, but. It is a fun song. It's probably the most fun song I've I've done. And I would go out and find that song. Don't they ask Santa Claus? It's a fun song. I I've listened to it a lot this year. Um yeah, that's I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. And then um Joe, I realized we never played your clip from your show. Oh, uh, that's okay. We we no, but we should though. We'll we'll take it out. We'll do it at the end now. Yeah. Um but uh we also have another one. Let's see what we have here. Oh, well, we got another Bill one, but I'll play this one first. It's Corey Furlong. Um, and this is also a 12 Days of Christmas. On the 12th day of Cubs, Mr. Ranters gave to me 12 throwing ears, 11 smileys frowning, 10 terrible toupees, 9 swing and misses, 8 melted plaques, 7 years of Dansby, 6 blocked Ranters, 5 prospect. Perverts, four terrible trades, three fried Rossies, two conjoined wheelos, <laughs> and a message of love and doom from Danny. Oh Very, my God, the, really the conjoined wheelos fucking kills me. <laughs> two conjoined wheelos. That was hilarious. That guy photobombing that picture of us <laughs> at Miller Park. <laughs> He literally looked like one of the drummers from St Spinal Tap, like the fourth one that died. I, I want to say thank you, Corey. It's rare. It's rare that somebody comes in below me on the singing. But uh, I'm going to give you that this year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toot my own horn. I'm better than Corey Furlong. J Joe, uh, are you going to give us a song this year? Or what do you got in the in the tank? Oh, I've got nothing, man. I can't sing at all. If I could sing, I wouldn't do stand-up. I'd be a singer. That <laughs> obviously <laughs> doesn't matter in this contest. I know. That's true. Um, <laughs> you know, when we were texting earlier, I missed that part of the text. I saw something like, come on at this time. Like, you know, when you're reading it, when you're kind of driving. You got two hands on the wheels, guys. Yeah. Be safe. And then I later saw, like, do you want to judge them? And I'm like, I'll judge them. What are we yeah, doing? You could be a song. So I wish I had something for you guys. I really do. I think you could be a judge. I, last year, we had Wheelo as a judge, and we had um, Billy as a judge. So we took it, you know, and so I, I think you could be the third judge. Weren't you a judge too, IFG, last year? I believe I was. I, I forget. I forget how it works. And then yeah, he wasn't actually a host yet. We just no, kind of. I was a guest. Yeah, because we come to the conclusion <laughs> of who should win, usually with like the group chat, they're chiming in, and it, it just becomes obvious at some point who who everybody wants. It's but always I, a it, plant. <laughs> but really, the best part of last year's was when Wheelow trashed Crawley's Carol, and um, 
I think that we might get a revenge uh, clapback track this year, and I think oh, that this, I think we might get a hate track from Crawley back to Elo, which then there's no way he's going to win the prize. But I should say what the prize is. Um, uh, we have. Uh, well, it's all the way over there, but it's this really cool. Um, it's the Cardinals versus Cubs London series poster, plus a Sean Dunstan uh, signed to the Ranters uh, photograph. Uh, and um, the, I have a bad news for everybody, though. I kind of scraped up the autograph. It was sitting here and something fell off from above and it and there's an abrasion now. On the autograph, but it's a love tap. It's a little love tap. Oh God, Danny. It and now it's an error autograph, and it's even more rare. Yeah, yeah and there it, you go. One thing is, it was at least <laughs> or, or, or downgraded it from mint to very good. I can say it was it was damaged by this though. So at least it was damaged cool. by a Cubs, and now this is broken as well a little bit because of oh the goodness. fall. Danny, do you is that a is that a Cubs totem pole? Yeah, it is. I've been in that room a million times. Is that new? Because I've never seen that you had a totem pole. Uh, no, it's not that new. My friend Alan gave it to me for, I think, something my birthday, maybe. I don't, I don't know. So, all right. We've got a couple more of these to go. Um, let's see what is next. Oh, we got the, okay. We got, we got another one from Cotton. Cotton, you want me to play the other one? Uh, that's, it, it's up to you. <laughs> I feel like Danny's like. Well, it's two minutes long. I was thinking, why why don't we put yours as the closing song? I think that's what we're going to do. Here, I'll give you a sneak preview. There, that's all you get. (laughs) It is a non-traditional Christmas song, to say the least. Is is it Alleluia by uh, Leonard Cohen? Yes, it is. Oh, that's not a Christmas song. No, but people listen to that dumb shit at Christmas because it's the Salah and they have no idea what it's about. Well, it reminds me of nine eleven for some reason. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think my singing is gonna take that out of your mind. So uh yeah, never, never I never thousands, thousands of people it's just it's just more terrorism, yeah. I was just gonna say <laughs> you're basically the Osama bin Laden of singing. Ear terrorism. <laughs> the, the twin towers of my ears. Good lord. <laughs> all right, all right. So after liberation. Oh, you can't bring that shit up on Pearl Harbor Day. Yeah, to remember so, other bad stuff. Hey, I was there that day, so. Um, Pearl but here's what was that like? bad stuff. <laughs> Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor, yeah. Speaking um, of bad stuff, if you do want me to sing live on air, you get it. two choices. You can either have Silver Bells or My 12 Days of Christmas. Silver I'd like Bells. to, yeah, Silver Bells, that's a nice song. Shorter. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Joe's like, whatever it is, just short, please. Because my stomach's starting to make noise again. (laughs) Well, bless, if you need to run, please. I I fully understand and would not take it personally. Are are you going live? That's my only option. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, let's do it. Okay. I got to put you in the hot seat. (laughs) 
This is the first time I've put the bitch This is the first on. time I have sung in public live since the last time I had a Long Island iced tea. So, <laughs> so like <Kind>. yesterday. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> home run bells. Home run, home run bells. Dreaming of baseball at Wrigley. Wish for spring, see them swing, soon it will be opening day. Icy bleachers, outfield brickwork, gleam a bright red and green as the cubs enjoy time with their families. Winter meeting, trading season, it's Jed Hoyer's big scene. If the budget's there, soon we will hear home run bells. Home run bells. Home run bells. Home run bells. Dreaming of baseball at Wrigley. Wish for spring. See them swing. Soon it will be opening day. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Fuck this. How how come I'm the only person on this goddamn podcast that can't sing? (laughs) I'm I'm probably I could compete with you, I bet. But what I liked about your song was that it wasn't player specific, it was the season. It was really about what we're feeling as fans dreaming of Wrigley, like the season. Where I feel like the other Christmas songs very good, but we're all about like you know Shohei, please come here, or you know it was all in that, that vein. I've like, got four of those too. <laughs> I'm sure you do, but that song, Home Run Bells, Home Run Bells is evergreen. You could hear, you could play that every off season. Or some of these other ones are specific to this off season. Yeah, there's a few that have made it through. We're doing the Cubs caroling on the 16th, and there's a few that I'm just leaving the set list. Like, have a Harry Carey Christmas for Holly oh, Jolly sure. Christmas. Everybody loves it. I'm like, well, that's we're going to use that one every year. Some will just stick around, you know, ones like that. So it's good to have timeless classics like Home Run Yo, Bells. It's really, it's really important for people to never want to go back and listen to the songs that I sing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have to, you know, get people to, you know, leave the show somehow, you know. So here's the last one that we have, and it's another Bill one. We start and end with Bill, as as it should be. And here's this one's called. This one's a little dirty. So if you got kids in the room, which you shouldn't. Um, this, anyway. Oh, oh yes, this is very dirty. This yeah, is- this one's called blowing Nez. <laughs> so, and it's a. Forgive me, eight pounds, six ounce newborn infant Jesus. This Cubs caroling entry is not safe for work. I saw Hoyer blowing Nez Balelo at the winter meeting south of here with a suitcase full of cash. And something in his ass. I really doubt that's eggnog falling down upon his chin. Then I saw Nezbalelo's ecstasy written on his face with such a grin. We'll surely get Shohei. Ricketts will likely say that Hoyer blowing Nesmin Cubs will win. Forgive me, Lord. 
fucking points for Nezbalilo out of You know what? Incredible. You know what? Whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I didn't have the idea. Oh, well, that was amazing. Look up who the like, Yeah. What the fuck? How about that? Um, yeah, apparently it, it wasn't getting a lot of play on Facebook. I was like, yeah, you're totally banned on Facebook. Like, you're not allowed to say that. He put it on Discord. That's the reason that you joined Discord too. Like, it's it. We can do what we want over there. Oh, um, my Leonard Cohen song. I tried to put on uh, TikTok. I tried to to load that up so that Danny could see it, and. Uh, Basically, they just muted it, so it was just nothing but photos, and I was like, this is the dumbest choice ever. Just fucking <laughs> not let me put this up. Yeah, they always work out the streaming stuff, but if you make your own, you have a couple weeks left. I think we have, let's see, one, two, three shows before the contest is over. Thank you to everybody that sends them in. I, I love them. It's like my favorite time of year. And uh, just have a good uh, time with it. Bernie Barron, I'm still expecting uh, one from her. She uh, does one every year. Uh, that's always very funny. But keep them coming because they're freaking great. Um, I also want to thank – I forgot to bring this up earlier in the show. He he sent this to me earlier. But Jose Orlando, speaking of Christmas, he's at, he went to Santa Claus in Puerto Rico where he lives <laughs> – to ask for Shohei Otani, and he said that Santa was a Yankees fan, and oh, uh, and and he he's like, yeah, whatever, you know, because they knew they weren't getting him because Shohei doesn't want to go to New York. So, so something makes me feel really, I don't know, something dirty about thinking about Santa being a Yankees fan. That right? makes sense. Though, it makes that? sense. They get everything they want, or you know, more than most teams. <laughs> exactly. Of course, <laughs> Santa's their rings. Uh, I guess I hadn't thought about it like that. It's he's, that's he's why it was the funny gag in um in Bruce Almighty. Morgan Friedman plays God, and he's wearing a Yankees hat. It's like, of course, yeah, of course, know? yeah. <laughs> so, Joe, I do want to play this bit. Do you want to set up this uh, this uh, uh, bit that you uh, sent me? Yeah. Uh, hold, on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because. I, I, it took me a minute to find the picture. I spoke to Santa personally, and he said he was going to do his best to get Shohei to the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> nice. Had, nice. There was no promise. He, he would do his best just for me because I'm his favorite. You know what? I think this is a thing. We've got to. Let's keep it going. Anybody, all the ranchers, get out there. Get your pictures of you asking Santa to bring Otani to the Cubs and we will show them on the show. We'll post them out on Discord. Like, I think these are great. I think it'd be very fun for the for the uh, calendar next year in December. It's just all just, people with Santa. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. So go ahead, set this set this clip up, will you? I'm trying to think of. Oh, I remember. So this joke, um, it's like I, you know, it's a, maybe what, what I give you a minute long clip. So it's like one minute of like a four minute joke. And it's about uh, this. Is, it sounds from a true story. I, I was going to this bar. It's Galway Bay Pub in Chicago. My friend owns it, and I'd been going there for like ten years. But recently, I've discovered them being aged out. Like I'm like getting too old for it. And I had an encounter with this woman at a bar because she was on her phone for twenty minutes. And I, when she got off the phone, I'm like, hey, "I don't mean to be rude, but how could you hear anything?" And she said, "Because I'm not a hundred. 
And then that's the rest. You'll, you'll find out the rest. Yeah, she hurt me. Check this out. She looks me up and down and goes, um, because I'm not 100? Yeah, some 22, 23-year-old. She called me 100 years old. There's no cool comeback for that. I can't be like, you're fucking 100. I'm not 100. You're a, like, it doesn't work. But then I wasn't going to take this line down. She starts to walk away a little bit. I'm like, oh, hold on. Hold on a second there. What are you, like 22, 23? She's like, yeah, I'm 23. I'm like, okay, you're 23. I'm 37. So again, if you're 23, your mom's probably about 50, 52. I'm going to fuck your mom, okay? <laughs> I'm going to fuck your mom, break up your parents' marriage, have fun celebrating two Christmases forever, all because you were a piece of shit to a stranger. All right? That's on you now. And yeah, I'm married, but my wife's not going to care because it's about teaching lessons and we're a teaching family, all right? We're an education first household, so. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. That, that I is, have I, to say, I, I love your wife is going to be good for it because it's lessons. Yeah. I have to say, for 100 years old, you have a spectacular hairline. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, you know, the funny thing is I'm 39 now. And when that joke was recorded, I was 38, but I wrote it when I was 37, but so I couldn't say 38. I kept messing up and saying 37. Cause that's how long I've been, you know, I was doing the joke for a whole year is 37. Anyway, I thought that just now as I was like, I'm not, I'm not 37 in that video. I'm 38. You lying bastard. You know? You're going to forget because of that joke, how old you are. Cause the, the, you get to that age where you, you'll tell you're somebody, like, how old are you? you'll be like, well, in that joke, I say that I'm 37. So I must be. Yeah. yeah, you know, it'll make me, it helps. It helps to be younger. It'll help Hollywood, right? It helps the industry. They think you're younger than you are. Well, I just shared the link again in the chat. Punch up live, uh, punch up dot live, I should say, is the address. And you look up Joe Kilgow in there and sign up for everything. I'm actually going to go try and watch that after the show. Yeah. And you're like, you know, you don't have to watch it all in one go. I've got a couple of friends who are like, hey, when I get, because it's 50 minutes long, I think 51 minutes. And they said, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to give it a watch when uh, I got an hour to myself. I'm like, you can watch it 10 minutes at a time. It's not like, you know, I, I tell people, you don't have to sit down all, all at once uh, if you don't have the time. I understand, like, you know, it's hard to get an hour to yourself these days. Also, uh, I don't know if you noticed, I, I give San Ranto podcast uh, a shout out in the special thanks section. I did see that. And I and, and, oh, made you guys yeah. watch till the end to find out if I say anything about it. <laughs> yeah, I was very touched. And I was very touched about all the pictures of your dad, too, at the end, you and your father and stuff. And yeah, that's and, and uh, you know, I just hope it's a big success and it, you know, kind of like launches you a little bit further. I know it's a process and, you know, it's it's a tough road to hoe, you know, it's being a stand up, being a musician. So anything you can do to support Joe, uh, you got a, a um, also a Patreon, which we subscribe to. I do anyway. We so thank you, yeah. And you've got a regular podcast on there that you put out to everybody, and um, you know, yeah, just- I do bonus episodes, and then I throw out like sneak peeks, like if the people who are on my Patreon they got to see the special before anyone else, and all that kind of stuff, and. They were mentioned in the special thanks section and everything. Um, Discord watch party with the artist. Yeah, we can do that sometime. Yeah, yeah like that'd be that. fun. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, just spread the word. Tell people about it. All that kind of stuff that really helps. Uh, I'm going to be out for Cubs Spring Training doing shows down uh, at this comedy club called Mike Drop Mania, which is 
15 minutes from Sloan Park, March 22nd, March 23rd. So I would love any Cubs fans who are going to be there that week for spring training, which should be a good amount because I think that's when a lot of Chicago area schools have their spring break or the start of their spring break. So uh, it'd be cool to, to meet a lot of the, the ranters out in the world. Well, yeah. I mean, based on this show alone and you just saying that I can watch it just like a little bit at a time, I, I'm going to be taking shits and watching Joe. <laughs> It'll be just like reliving tonight. Sitting on the toilet watching Joe. Not going to lie. On the potty. I, just, I just bought... I just bought a bidet, and I've always wanted to try one out. But I bought one finally, and um, you know, it, it it's it's changed my life. And let, let me just say, it's great. They're, it's they're, they're freaking awesome. And I and got I, one for Christmas last year. They're great. Yeah, I got one. Game changer. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have one anymore. But I used to work for somebody who had one of those like twenty five thousand dollar magic Japanese toilets. And if you ever have the opportunity, take it. It's delightful. I, I, I hit one of those up in a sushi bar once. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really have to go, but I did anyway. Somebody asked me if I'm going to be on the Discord right after the show tonight. I wish I could, but I my wife texted me during the show saying I have to go to Jewel and pick up a couple things for the kids' lunches, and I'm going to go uh, back to the bathroom. Uh, yeah, so do, I would, I do the bathroom, be then the Jewel, because I can't think of anything worse than shit in your pants at Jewel. <laughs> A jewel bathroom is not pretty for some reason. Like, you got to go in the back by the pallets and stuff like that. Yeah. But we're going to advance the jewel. He won't be the only one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hope it all true. comes out well for you, Joe. So, Thank you so much. Thank you all of you guys. You guys are so great. I really appreciate you all. Yeah. And, and you're playing in Arlington Heights tomorrow. You got a bunch of shows. JoeKillGallon.com, I assume, is where you find out where everything's going on. Actually, the same website. If you go to punchup.live slash Joe hyphen Killgallon, all the tour dates are right there with the direct ticket links. Uh, my website's under construction for a minute. But then once I get that going, I think I'm just going to redirect people right back to the special. So hopefully that plays uh, or makes it easy for everybody. But yeah, I've got I've got a bunch of shows in the city. I'm the next out of town shows I'm doing is Peoria for New Year's Eve, the Jukebox Imperial, Illinois. But I'm going to be in Arlington Heights tomorrow, Glenview Saturday, and then um, uh, the Laugh Factory, Schaumburg. I'm going to be at the Schaumburg Improv uh, December 15th through 17th. So people in Schaumburg area, come on out. And unfortunately, it's the 15th through 17th. So you I won't know. be at the Cubs caroling, which is what we'll all be doing. Um, and I'm going to share the link for that in the chat. A bunch of people signed up. I know a lot of people are coming. I'm getting a lot of DMs. Hey, when's Cubs caroling? When's it going on? December 16th is the day we're meeting at 5 p.m. over at Output Lounge. And we'll have all the songs and stuff ready for you. It doesn't cost anything, but. But uh, your dignity really is all it charges. They they charge. I I want to wish a happy birthday to John Pickus. I see him in the chat here saying it will be the best joke, Joe, when you are 78 and say, well, at least I saw the Cubs World Series win. <laughs> Good call, John. Um, so Unfortunately, uh, it might be the last one. Yeah, I believe his birthday's Monday. I'm going to say. I hope I made it to 78. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> 78 wouldn't be bad. Um, although, you know what? I'm, I'll am i be 50 next year. Oh, hell yeah. We got to do something big. Oh, yeah, we will. But uh, I'll. But when you think of 50 to 78, you know, that doesn't seem all that long. Or, it, you know, it's like my dad died when he was 66. And I was like, oh, my God. It's only 16 freaking years away. 
Oh my God. You know, it's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's scary. We're talking about the getting aged out of a bar. Wait till you start getting aged out of life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, happens sooner than you think. Um, so anyway, yeah. Happy birthday to John. He says, thanks, Danny. Well, Thank well, I got you. 37 for even longer then. Thank you. You just inspired me to stay 37. Yeah, you should just keep lying in that joke. Just stay 37 <laughs> until you're 50. Wouldn't it be funny if every special I do a joke where I reference my age, but it's not the right age? Like in the next one, <laughs> 36, and then I just yeah. keep going backwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah like up on it. Exactly. Like, man, that guy's a rough 25. <laughs> <laughs> I am a horrible 25, that's for sure. A great 100, though. Damn. Yeah. Chicago's. Chicago's full of a lot of rough 25s, I've noticed. It's it's a rough 25 town. It's January, February to blame. Yeah. A, a Chicago 25 could could really be like a 1940s 25. Yeah. Yeah, did, pretty much. We were talking about that last week about how like young people in the past looked so much older before. You know, like a teenager oh, looks 40. So, um I'm going to share another link in the chat. This is for the Dorothy Farrell event. Um, and uh, it, if you didn't hear, she died. And um, But Stuart McVicker and Club 400 is throwing a big event. And uh, it is – I'm going to look up the information here. It's not- I know it's January 6th from 1 to 5 p.m. at La Villa on Pulaski Road, which is uh, – La Villa is just south. Uh, it's in between Irving Park and Addison, right off the Kennedy Expressway, walking distance from the Blue Line. Uh, great pizza place. It's it's very well known on the northwest side of Chicago as being one of the best pizza places in uh, the entire city, really. Yeah, and John Vincent's going to sing. John Benedict's going to play. I'm going to do something, probably get everybody singing along. Um, and uh, it's going to be from 1 to 5 on Saturday, January 6th. Um, unlimited pizza, pasta, salad, soft drinks, tea, and coffee. And, um, yeah, so it's 40 bucks, I think. And there is a link at club400cubs.com on the event links there. So, Jeff, you'd like to come uh, pay your tribute to a famous Cub fan who'd had an awesome life. That's where to do it. La Villa on January 6th. Um, Okay, we got some. Oh, we didn't didn't talk about the Malort thing, but if we can give that short shrift real quick. You you got to go. Do you guys care if I leave? Do you guys care if I leave? Get the hell out of here. I love you guys. I see your face there, and I'm just like, like he's clenching his butt cheeks. Let him like, go. Say goodbye, Cotton. Bye, Joe. Right. Thank you so much, Joe. It is listen, great listen, talking to you. Listen to his <laughs> – the last thing he did was knock everything off his wall. <laughs> the worst part is he's just like, I'm just going to leave that shit laying there because I got to go. Yeah, exactly. It's just going to sit there broken. You cannot fix that. You have other things to do. So just real quick about the Malort thing. You know, Malort has been infused at Nisei Lounge for a few years now by Val Capone. And she's been doing it for – there's the Sport Pepper Malort. There's famously the candy cane Malort, which isn't half bad. You've had a little. Candy cane comes back every year. Yeah, and it's delicious. Well, then Malort put out their own candy cane Malort and charged like a, a ridiculous amount for it, like a special kind of bottle, and didn't give Nisei any credit at all. And in... it's not like they don't know that Nisei has been doing this because they've credited them for doing it, or like it's been widely known that this has been going on for a very long time. And they then the Chicago press for it, all kinds of stuff. 
Yeah, and they go back to 2018 where they show that they retweeted Aaron Kiefner. Um, Candy cane infused Malort, anyone? Hashtag holiday hell, holiday hell at Nisei Lounge. Um, so they Aaron gives him credit. Malort doesn't. And then Malort finally came out and apologized. But in a non-apology apology where they right. still did not – and I'll read this. It says, Arson, sorry. They say, I'm going to read it how I think they meant it. Sorry, period. Our sincere apologies to all the bartenders, bars, and other good folks who are OG originators of infused Malort. It's not other bars and other. It's freaking it only me stay lounge. They just fucking all lived. All lives mattered that day. <laughs> they did. In our rush to do good. We missed acknowledging those who came before us in the quest to make Malort worse. <laughs> so they even have it wrong. Malort tastes better with the candy cane. It does. Our seasonal flavored Malort series has been a charitable fundraiser since day one. With every penny of profit, earmarked, blah, blah, blah. We're raising, we've made, raised $45,000. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's all great and everything. Um, but Nisei yeah. was already making candy cane Malort for charity. Nisei does charity events all the time. And, and if there's anybody listening to this that, like, isn't in the Chicago area, has never had a Chicago handshake, you don't know what Malort tastes like, it's like licorice soaked in gasoline, but in a good way. Right. Yeah. And it's and now it's kind of a made its rounds of, you know, something that you can, like, an Instagrammable moment, you know, like when I fed Tatsuya that shot of Malort and, you know, it got a bunch of views because he could not. Keep it in his body. <laughs> so, and once you got him hammered on Malort, you explained Japanese history to him. Yeah. Oh man, I was almost canceled this week for saying <laughs> stuff about Japan. How I got to stop. Uh, um, the other great thing about Nisei that they've been doing for years is, uh, and it's one of the only things that I would look at Twitter for again is Nisei Labs. They like to do all sorts of like weird experiments with the things with Malord or whatever. I remember a few years ago, there was a, one of those Arctic domes that came over Chicago and they just put different alcohols out on their back porch so that they could see what would happen. Yeah. Nisei labs. Yeah. 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 Nisei Nisei labs reminds me of the Muppet labs. And I think it should absolutely be just a thing. Corey Furlong brings up um, $150 for their shitty liquor infused with peppermint. And um, $150. Oh. That's ridiculous. He, it, yeah, it, it is ridiculous. It's, it's my Lord's $20, $25 a bottle. He says, Carl Jepsen is dead to me. I'm, I'm afraid he's dead to all of us. And just so you know, at Nisei, they have a big jar of Malort infused with baseballs. That I tried to get some of, and they saved me for myself because apparently that would kill me. I'm not sure exactly how it works, but they told me I might actually die if I drank it, and I still wanted it. And they they (laughs) said no. I just want to know what baseball. And so they said no. I couldn't have the malort with the baseballs in it, and uh, I guess that was a good thing. Um, 
It's been a hell of a story if I'd have just fucking keeled over right there at Malort. Drinking the baseball Malort. Well, maybe we'll do it because that's where we usually end Cubs caroling is at Nisei. And uh, rant or shot soon at Nisei, Joey says. And indeed. And we we will do some of the OG infused Malort with actual candy canes, not that $150 bottle swill. Um, Full of fucking droppers of candy cane flavoring. So I've got some TFCs. I actually have a, too many. <laughs> so <laughs> this is what I got. Um, I, I have one. Okay. No, so I, have two. I have two. This one's quick. Uh, this is uh, from, I put a fuck the Cardinals uh, Carol out there on, on TikTok. So this is our first, I believe, TikTok TFC. And Adam Gabor, uh, in response to my Fuck the Cardinal song, said, Glad Santo lost his legs. <laughs> so I thought that would ex- escalated quickly, but I did say Fuck the Cardinals. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So that's disturbing. It's been a disturbing oh. show. I'm in a dark mode. <laughs> it really is. It's a dark uh, Christmas. Okay. Let's see. Uh, I've got, oh, I got to find, I guess maybe, I'll, oh, I only have one because. There were so many things in our uh, in here. I couldn't fit the other one. So. All right. Well, I'll I'll go oh, again. Yeah. I'll, I'll erase some things. And uh, but you keep you keep deleting things, and every time I I try and click on my thing, oh, it goes away. We're, yeah, we're we're doing the fucking uh, the door lock thing again. <laughs> All right. This this has to do with the Yamamoto. How much money Yamamoto wants in signing him? Pat says, if the price exceeding a range of workability for the Cubs in terms of future space, it makes sense. This guy hasn't thrown a single big league pitch yet. Let's pump the brakes on giving him a deal that would make him one of, if not the highest paid pitcher in all of baseball. And Bobble Bobble came back with the exact right response. Exactly. The Cubs need to retain their financial flexibility in case Jesus returns and turns out to have a sick curveball. Until then, there's no reason to risk spending money on free agents. <laughs> and and that is exactly how it feels. Just Everyone's a reminder. For Jesus' fucking curveball. Yeah. Thank you for back. reminding us. Yeah, it's it amazes me also the people with the Otani being like, well, I don't want him to, you know, be hamstringing our our organization for years to come. I'm like, or you could just have like the best player that ever lived on your team. Like, I don't know, that sounds pretty good too. <laughs> you know, like you remember what the yeah, you remember what the Red Sox did? Yeah. Literally, like, once upon a time, not signing that guy to a million year contract meant that your organization was cursed for a century and a half. Why? Yeah. How the hell did we get to actually good baseball players are bad to have on your team for real season? I, it, I'll tell you, I can pinpoint it. It's the rise of fantasy. Fantasy yes. players, there. everything. Armchair GMs instead of like. I just want to win baseball games and have fun. You know, these guys are like, well, I want to make smart financial decisions. And I'm like, no, it's not my money. Spend all of it. Yeah. Um, So I have this one one more when you're done. 
Okay, this one is this one's for you, Michael. It's uh Ooh. Tony Andraki. Uh good old Tony over at Marquee Network. He had they have a podcast apparently now. Everybody's muscling in on our business. <laughs> um he says Boot Shambi on the latest Cubs Weekly podcast. Topics include what Cub fans need to know about Craig Council, his epic shoe collection, and I'll I stop enough about the shoes well that's what somebody said um william rofer says oh god no i'm already tired of boog talking about shoes i want baseball content i love this yeah well you know what throw the boog one up there again uh <laughs> you know and you keep going it's like the cubs off season that's another thing to talk about and then also boog shambi's favorite moments from three years as a cubs play-by-play broadcaster which is fucked up because he just goes right back into talking about his shoes he's like <laughs> it's, it's just three games in which he had a an awesome rant about his shoes <laughs> um yeah it, it, I, I hate the picture of him too oh god yeah at hate- the bottom he's just pointing like eh, so cheesy what what is up with the pointing? Because I, I you, you couldn't see me. Be, so right back here, right here, I have this fucking stupid ass Bugsiabi bobblehead that I got at a game, not because they fucking gave it to me. But because when we were leaving, that shit was still somebody just left that shit on the ground. Yeah, at Wrigley Field, and my family picked that They're shit like, up no, for me, you. and it's an embarrassment to everybody involved. You know, I'm a big but collector of pointing, things I hate. He's pointing in that bobblehead too. His thing is it a thing? Is it his thing? <laughs> it's his pointy thing. Yeah, Jesus he's a pointy right. guy. Um. So, all right, this my other he's from my group chat. I didn't think oh. I could dislike Br- pull it out. Yeah, it's a it's a sort of a commentary on uh on all the writers who refuse to like let Shohei Otani have a little bit of privacy in all of you know as he makes the largest financial decision of his life. I, I honestly like I take more time deciding like what to buy on Amazon than he's going to have to make this decision. So. <laughs> Yeah, maybe give him a minute. I don't know. But my... It's like me watching Netflix. My friend says, if the media wanted to cover an unemployed Asian, they should contact me instead of complaining about Otani. (laughs) And then another friend goes, get in line. Anyway, somebody should hire my friends. They're really smart. I wish uh, I had a job for him. I wish I had a job for everybody. I wish I had money to hire people. I have so much things I'd like to have done. It Um, would be wonderful. Yeah. Here, so since we're talking about Otani, uh, this is this is a TFC that I call Otani Math. Uh, whatever this dude's name is, I don't understand that language. Maybe, uh, to be honest, I don't think Otani is an option, and I'm fine with it. It's a team game, and of all the teams that have paid a jillion dollars for a single player, how many have won the World Series? I'd rather get 20 top tier players for 25 million a piece than one player for 500 million. So apparently 
Somebody doesn't understand how the fuck baseball contracts work because they're not giving Otani $500 million one year. Like, you're not. So basically, what he wants to do is sign 20. $25 million players. $25 million players. Every year, he's going to sign a $25 million player. I'm fine with it. $500 million payroll. Years. I'm at year in, year out. Let's do it. Or for the Wait. next 10 years. My bad. What's twenty times twenty five? Four hundred. It's like five hundred million, right? It's five hundred yeah. million. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, math so he was wants, correct. He wants, wants twenty one year contracts in a row for a top player. When like twenty years from now, twenty five million dollars is going to be like league minimum. Yeah. Well, and and when he's and when he says top tier player for twenty five million. Okay, wait. So if you're getting a top tier player. For twenty-five million, but it's the same as Otani's five hundred million. That means that that top-tier player is two point five million dollars a year for the next ten years. And I don't think you're getting a top-tier player for that. No. So I got one more, and this one comes from the Cubs and our friend Crawley. Um, so, uh, I, for, first of all, I get this text from Crawley. And this is, he says, Hey, got some free tickets for Winterland at Wrigley Friday night. And I'm like, Sweet. And he's like, Free. And I'm like, Nice. And then I go on Twitter and I see, Get into the holiday spirit this Thursday and Friday with free admission. <laughs> <laughs> Enter gift to 23 to redeem this offer. I'm like, The fuck, dude? Everybody got it free. He's like, Hey, I'm, I'm Mr. Free Ticket Man. I'm like, Everybody's Mr. Free Ticket Man, you asshole. Uh, I thought that was kind of oh, funny. Oh, man. That's <laughs> awesome. He, so he, he's going to go, and there's going to be like 8 million people because. They all got free tickets. And he's going to be like, this fucking sucks. I can't do anything. There's too many people here. Well, I walked by the other day and I did something they're roasting. I think it's the nuts. It smelled like pee. I mean, it really just, they have to do, I don't know. I, I would complain if I was like in the booth next to it. And I'm like, these people, like they got to, their recipe sucks. They have, maybe it's peanuts. Like, I don't know. It literally smells like pee. Oh, there you go. Um, but uh, it didn't seem like there was a lot of people in there. But, you know, it's it's a busy time of year, and it's only the 7th. You know, I think it's something people are going to be more off, like, between the the holidays. Maybe the weather holds up. So, um, anyway, we got to give away a chance postcard. with the, So, this is your last chance. We, this show is long. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, we were. Uh, I mean, it's Danny. You have to understand. These shows are going to be long when the winter meetings just got over. I mean, how are we not supposed to talk about everything that happened at the winter meetings? Oh, my God. I can't find the stupid. <laughs> Hold on. I've, I've, I didn't realize that I had a whole bunch of other things open. So hold on. Um <laughs> All right, but I know I, this this show could get any worse. <laughs> All right, hashtag chance in the chat. This is your last chance, and apparently because that wasn't going, I I accidentally clicked out of what I had open. So 
I've ruined it, basically, is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> oh, I've wrecked Chance. So if you haven't gotten in, hashtag Chance now. If you have already gotten in, get in again. Corey Furlock says, oh, this show suck. <laughs> Fucking... Danny actually remembers to do the chance on this very long show. And then he fucks it all up. And then up, I so fucked it up by closing the stupid. Yeah, I freaking <laughs> closed the window that was open. So anyway, here we go. <laughs> One of these people are going to win and be entered to win One the big prize. People. It's coming up. And the winner is Toad. Toad, Toad ND. Hey, Toad. I don't Hi. think Toad's won before, so congratulations, Toad. At, at this point, Danny, everyone has won before because... At this point of the show, yeah. I mean, yeah, we've been doing this uh, chance for the... Ch it's amazing how sought after these cards are because they are sought after. People go for this shit... Every damn time they want this. Everybody wants to win something, even if the prize sucks. <laughs> well, unless it's a, a magical bobblehead. <laughs> yeah, then it just gets left <laughs> where you want it. The one so, prize you couldn't give away. So uh, whoop, uh, maybe a couple of us will go over to the Discord a little bit after this is over. I know it's probably late. It's getting late um, for everybody. So um, anyway, well, I'm going to. I'm going to say uh, Spagogan, then we're going to play uh, Michael Cotton's other song. Corey says, we are all losers here. Speak for yourself. I'm a winner. <laughs> um, so uh, everybody have a great week. Happy birthday, John Pincus. We'll see you at Cubs Caroling. We'll see you at Club 400 this weekend, some of you. We're going to sing the carols there, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, great job, everybody on the carols. Them. Keep them coming. And Spagog. Spagog. I've heard there were some secret words that David said to displease the Jed that he doesn't really care for youngsters, does he? Same four guys pitch after the fifth Half-bats third, no matter the sitch Baffled ranters still cheering, hallelujah Now we booyah, bleachers booyah Now we booyah, Ross we Support was strong, but there wasn't proof. Hiring David wasn't a goof. Craig Council late in the night overthrew ya. You had the youngsters, but you didn't care. Cubs lost at home and went nowhere. From the bleachers we boo. Hallelujah, now we booyah, ranters booyah, now we booyah, 
Joss, we boo.